Welcome to Drunk Valorant, episode number 87. I'm just going to go ahead and kick this off by saying my beer is dog shit. <laughs> What's a weird drinking? beer name? Called Oh Yeah. Uh, it's a watermelon candy sour by Wild Eye Brewing, and fuck, it sucks. Well, like watermelon candy. <laughs> nice. Uh, I think a watermelon candy sour might be my least favorite beer of all time, because watermelon candy is my least favorite flavor hmm. of anything. By the way, oh, I'm on the podcast again. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, welcome back, Blade. <laughs> yes, yes. Good to How see you. How do you feel about watermelon, Blade? Uh, you know, the actual fruit itself, kind of flavorless to me. But maybe I just have defective taste buds. Flavorless? Not, Not great. Oh, man. That, uh, I'm so tempted That is a hot take. Boot you out of the call. No, Not both. necessarily flavorless. It's, it's a more subtle flavor compared to a lot of fruits, I guess. I find there that, we yeah, go. Watermelon is usually just like, eh. someone's like, "Yo, do you want some watermelon?" It's just like, it's just eh. so refreshing. It's like the the summer fruit, like the summer yeah. snack. I don't know. Cantaloupe like, is dog eh. shit, though, and I'll die on this hill. Cantaloupe well, is dog shit. No, no, honeydew is dog shit. Yes, both. Oh, Cantaloupe I, is the what? Shit. I think I would take both of those over watermelon. Okay, here, like you know the gooey kind of middle part of like the cantaloupe. Holy the, uh, shit! You guys are here? making me so mad right now. Oh my god! But you love honeydew. The, I love the, watermelon. The tough... Oh no! I, I, I like watermelon. I like both honeydew and cantaloupe, but I love watermelon. Uh, there's a bit of uh, you know uh, regional pride because uh, for years, even into the 1900s, uh, watermelon ships would come into the port of Baltimore. I don't know where from exactly, but basically, giant shiploads of watermelons would be unloaded in the Baltimore uh, harbor, and as a result. Watermelon is huge in Baltimore. Everyone loves it and has it all the time in summer. And I grew up eating, like me and my sister sometimes on a good day, we, we'd go through a half of watermelon in one sitting, just chowing down. Like, I, I could eat it every day of my life and be happy. Is there any topic that you can't tangentially relate to Baltimore pride? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I could work at it and come up with a link for everything. But that one is like, you know, very legit. I mean, anyway. yeah, watermelon flavor, on the other hand, yeah. dog shit. Yeah, when you were saying that, Cass, I, I feel like certain flavors, if they try to get translated to beer, just aren't really going to. And the question is, is the resulting flavor good? Like, if the one that comes to mind for me is uh, Streetcar Brewing, I believe it was, where we went when I was in Vancouver on the beer crawl. They had the jelly bean sour, which in that oh, case yeah. didn't really taste like jelly beans at all. But, like, it was really good. Um, hmm. In this case, it sounds like it just isn't good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know, like... You know those watermelon uh, sour patches? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Big fan of those. Hate those. Okay, I, I like the watermelon like sour patches. So I thought that's kind of what it was going to taste like, but, like... What about the watermelon Jolly Rancher? That one's okay. That one's a more strong, like, candy watermelon flavor. So yeah, I feel like that could be the flavor they're tr probably trying to replicate Maybe, in the beer. But whatever this is, just not good. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not confident. I'm going to be able to finish this guy. I'd say Sour Patch's primary flavor is Sour Patch always, not necessarily like the flavor of the the kid itself. So <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, the one that's like a literal watermelon slice, though, not like. Well, I mean, I still think that primary flavor is Sour Patch. 
know? Yeah. <laughs> I, I would agree with that. That's probably the best of the watermelon flavored candies because I just love Sour Patch Kids. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I feel like there are two distinct like watermelon flavors. One of which is like, I can't describe flavors very well, but one of them is almost a little bit creamy. <laughs> and then the other one is, is more of like a, a twang. And neither of which really captures the essence of watermelon all that well, but I like it as like a change of pace, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, getting off more on uh, more tangents, did you know that like banana flavored candy, like you know how it doesn't taste anything like bananas? It yeah. tastes like old bananas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've you've seen the, the thread too or something. Uh, apparently like a now extinct like version of bananas tasted exactly like that. Really? Yeah. And that's where they got the banana flavor candy from. They were able to synthesize it in a lab again. Huh. Well, just springboarding off that even further, I've heard that due to cultivation of bananas for uh, Western market tastes, they have gotten way sweeter, the variety that we do eat uh, over time, to the point where, you know, you think of monkeys eating bananas. Well, they don't even feed monkeys bananas regularly anymore because the current bananas have uh, too much sugar that monkeys shouldn't be having that much sugar content. Um, so, yeah, that's just something crazy about how they've evolved. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, uh, beer. since Cass isn't talking, say, isn't saying anything, I'm just going to go ahead with my beer. Uh, <laughs> I got the uh, Trail Magic Hazy IPA. Um, I actually, uh, Louise has tried one of these, at least I hope so, because I sent one home with her. Um, oh, yeah. It is from, yeah, it is from Monument City Brewing Company, which I have not had a chance to make it out to, but I've had a couple of their beers and it's very good. And this is a pretty standard hazy, has a nice hoppy aftertaste. Not sure what the hops are. Maybe I'll look them up when someone else is going. But, you know, solid 7, 6.5, 7 out of 10 hazy IPA. I'm digging it. Can is very cool. Solid. Mm-hmm. Another wacky can. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it looks cool. Yeah, I forget if I was talking to Chase or Cass about this, but one of you was pointing out, I think it was you, Chase, that um, the can design on the east coast of the U.S. is so much different than the west coast of Canada. I feel uh, like that was on podcast like last week. Yeah, yeah I think it was. Yeah. I think it was, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is a good example of it. Yeah, yeah just every beer you have. Mm-hmm. Um, continuing on, Blay, what do you got? Okay, uh, I have a beer called Hops on the Hill uh, by a local brewery called Mile Wide. Uh, it's an oat cream IPA. So oh, interesting. It is very interesting. Apparently, it's like they put on like a festival and they like bring people from like st louis Asheville, and like cincinnati down for like a festival and i guess they made this beer to commemorate it i don't like it's weird but i like it and i don't know how to describe it for uh for the four of you or three of you you can see how cloudy it is it's not a hazy yeah at it all. is mm-hmm. yeah but it's good it has like it has a different flavor than a lot of ipas not honestly that hoppy but it's good. Anyway, if it's got the cream in it, I feel like that's going to mellow out the hops for sure. It's like an oat milk IPA. Yeah. Yeah, they're just yeah. trying to stay trendy, you know? Like, all the all the people are wearing oat milk in their lattes. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I'm just glad I didn't get one from the same brewery, because I think the last two times I had beers from uh, the same brewery, so, you know, it's breaking the trend. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the can design there, too. More simplistic, as we were just talking about. Yeah. Um, 
very west coast of them, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Um, I know. I actually find that whole like oat milk trend kind of annoying because every time I go order a coffee, I now have to like. It kind of looks like the Starbucks logo. The the can design does the swirls and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I know. I often have to specify that I want whole milk now, which is kind of annoying. I feel like that should just be the default. What a fucking snowflake! I know. You have to specify whole milk when. Like, every time I go to a coffee, like, the number of times, like, or, like, back when I was in D.C., there were a bunch of coffee shops around my house. And so I was, like, going mm-hmm. to the various different coffee shops to try out their coffee or whatever. And at uh, one of them I've, I've been to before, and I know, and they just use the whole milk when you get a flat white. But on several of the other ones, like, when I ordered a drink, I had to, like, I had to specify. They were like, oh, yeah, like, so, yeah, like. Do you want oat milk with that? Soy milk? Like, I'm like, no, no, just like whole milk. But I feel like that should be the default. And then if you want other milks in your coffee, you'd be like, yeah, can I get this with oat milk or can I get this with soy milk? I fully agree. And, you know, probably the first thing I would do if I was dictator of the world is force whenever, you know, anything other than whole milk is sold or ordered, that it just to be done by mixing water into it so that people can see how stupid it is to have anything besides whole milk. <laughs> yeah. you, I you love whole that's milk. Not how, whole, that is literally how I think we've said this on the podcast before, but that, that oh, that's how Cass thought, thought it was thought. made. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. I forgot about that. Like. Yeah. yeah. That, but but that is what it tastes like. like, even though I know it's skimmed off the top. That's why it's called skim milk. It is. It is not. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm a, I'm a skim milk enjoyer oh. because that's what I was oh. raised on. That's disgusting. I never had whole milk in my entire life. You may as well just alternate swigs of whole milk and water. You're going to get the same effect, even if you don't mix it. Only fat-free. Fully skinned. Uh, I I genuinely feel like you might as well just put water in your fucking bowl of cereal. Tastes like milk to me. splash of milk. Whole milk just tastes like fucking heavy cream. Rare that me and Cass agree about a hot take like this, but we fully do. I don't think that that's a hot take. I think that me liking skim milk is kind of a hot take, but... I don't know. See how how many how much of it is in the grocery store versus whole milk. I mean, it should be like twenty, you know, things of whole milk, and then like a sad little mini row, <laughs> not even the full size <laughs> containers of the skim. If people were, you know, seeing the light here, and that's like, not I how it is. Drink a gallon of this shit. <laughs> like, I, I guess it just depends on what you grew up with, and that's what they're yeah. therefore accustomed to. But like. I, I have used, like, skim milk and 2%, like, at my friend's houses when I go over for breakfast and have cereal, and I genuinely might have well just gone and turned on the tap and, like, ran that into a bowl. <laughs> like, that's actually what it tastes like to me. Yeah. Wow. It's pretty bad. Well, speaking of unoriginal things, um, I'm drinking a Pacific Pilsner. Can't so, go wrong with it, um, I suppose. You can get those out in Nelson? Yeah, apparently. Uh, I can get them in a 2-4, too. So, uh, picked up a 2-4, mm-hmm. and I've been crushing that for the last couple of days. Mm. Um, oh, actually, to make up for uh, Chase's boring beer, um, so my backup <laughs> beer oh. is pretty interesting. Uh, it's called Power Corn. It's a West Coast IPA from a different brewery called Gravely. All their, um, all their beers are like named after songs, and they actually have like a Spotify like music play thing you can like scan for the oh that's the dope. oh wait like, at first i thought you said power by. core is it power cord power cord oh yeah okay i love me some power cords so i would absolutely try that beer yeah it's pretty good i've had it before or i had it earlier 
Yeah, that's a really good beer. Uh, another one that they have a really good hazy called like Debaser, which is like a pixie song that they named it after. And that was really cool, cool song too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're then like um, obligated to listen to the song while you're drinking the beer. Right, you have to scan it on Spotify. Yeah. Otherwise, there's a little uh, mini explosive inside, and it'll just go off if it doesn't detect that (laughs) frequency. It's a a music pairing. It's like a (laughs) like a wine and cheese pairing. It's your beer and music pairing. Yep, yep. Alrighty, well, moving on to some Valorant stuff. Um, the first thing I wanted to go over is uh, this is kind of just like a very small thing, and just me kind of ranting about it, but like. Now that they've given you the option to select your gun skin favorites, right? And it'll just randomly cycle between those. They really got to allow you to pair certain buddies with certain particular skins. Wow, coming from the no buddy on pistol guy. Okay, the buddies on pistol (laughs) look a little dumb because they're, like, way too oversized and everything. But there are a couple buddies that match pretty well with some of the other rifles. And it's just like, I'm I'm not going to put it on, like, my Vandal, for example, because I swap between, like, three or four of them. And, like, yeah. it, it might mesh well with one, but that doesn't mean it's going to go well with another. Or, like, even with, like, when you're trying to match color schemes. Like, if I have multiple different, like, color schemes unlocked that I swap between. Um, like, the Prelude to Chaos, I've got... I go between, like, two or three color schemes for it. Um, yeah, it's like... God, like, I, I, I want to match a buddy with this, but then I can't, really, if you're going to... If you're not going to let me set it per skin instead oh, yeah. of per a, weapon, a good bunny or buddy weapon combo is like the ion skins with uh, that little bunny buddy that they came out with like for Chinese New Year that turns blue as you shoot. Yep, oh, I, yeah. I, I have that really buddy hard. and I have the ion bin. Yeah, that goes hard together. Weirdly enough, I've never tried that and I need to try that now. Yeah, I mean, I I've basically gone with the uh, like jack of all trades, master of none strategy with my buddies. So like mm-hmm. because I rotate through my skins, I have a buddy on there that works with like most of them pretty well. Um, but you know, none of them pair perfectly, or maybe one of them pairs perfectly, and it kind of works with the other ones. Um, but yeah, like I have the uh, like the Ion two buddy, a little like drone. Mm-hmm. Um, on my Vandal, and it works with like um, my Origin. It works with my RGX quite well. Um, but like, obviously, there would be other buddies that I'd rather pair there if I was able to. But like, as long as I can keep it and it looks fine on the other ones, then I'm okay with it. Yeah, I mean, it'd be a cool idea to add that, but that's just like adding more, <laughs> like. You have to, like, set the favorites or, like, I mean, Riot might as well just have, it's like, oh, if I'm playing Raze or someone, I use these skins. Or uh, they could also do, like, you have certain skins for attack and defense, kind of like CT and T for uh, CS. But I guess since they already use that gimmick yeah, I don't think skin, they're gonna bring that back. I don't think they'll they... do that. Yeah. Sorry, I got distracted for a minute. What gimmick? Uh, uh, Different skin for T and CT. Yeah, yeah. Dumb gimmick, in my opinion. 
I mean, I don't think the skins look really cool outside of like the Glock. I think the Glock is the only one that looks cool for that skin <laughs> set. Yeah, I'm gonna say even that one doesn't look cool in my own. Not at all. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just preying on people who played CS, right? It's like, ooh, I can have a gun that looks like it's from this other game yeah. that I play in this game that I play. Mm-hmm. It's it's like the, yeah. it's like that meme where it's like the monkey sees something and gets the neuron activation. It's like, holy shit, it's CS Go skins, and no one stops to think. Uh, you know, maybe I don't want CS Go skins in Valorant where there are so much cooler options available for the same exact price. Maybe I'll just play CS Go. Fact. It is a well-known fact that uh, CSGO did invent the AK-47. Correct. <laughs> yes, yes. It never existed IRL or in games before then. Yeah, and once that happened, they were like, holy shit, these Valve guys were onto something. Yeah. <laughs> hmm And then the Russians went ahead and said, wow, that looks like something we could actually create. It's just, you know, such a good gun. It's so good yeah. in the game, it must be good in real life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's see, what makes this design work? And they reverse engineered it from a video game. <laughs> yep. I'd like them to do that with Elder Flame. Oh, <laughs> yes. Invent dragons. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> reverse engineer dragons. Reverse engineer some massive dragon balls on a shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! I will say, uh, back to the general topic that Cass was mentioning of the buddy pairings. Unlike a lot of the ideas that we throw out for Riot to implement, most notably like the Q ideas I had last podcast, um, this one actually has some legs to it because you know if there's anything that can make Riot money, they're much more likely to do it. Not saying that in the way to throw shade, but like you know if more people are going to buy buddies because they can have them matching better, then I think it's something they might actually do. I feel like people don't really buy buddies. You just kind of end up with them. Well, that's yeah, the thing. Especially now with the uh, Kingdom credits. Like, you can't buy Kingdom credits either, so. Which I'm kind of surprised about. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised they don't like, let you buy that Kingdom credits. That seems like a very not-riot thing to do. Yeah, honestly, I think it's... The way they implemented it, I was wondering mm-hmm. if there was going to be some sort of, like, you know, gotcha, something that's going to make you... Uh, you know, spend more money. I I didn't mean that like G A T C H A. I meant that like mm-hmm. G O T C H A. Um, both could have sort of applied. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but honestly, it really just seems like the goal is to encourage people to keep playing the game because the ongoing rewards of occasionally getting agent contract items just were not that exciting, and getting previous battle pass items is a lot more exciting. So. I, I think, and I think also, change. like, it got to the point where, like, multiple people, or, like, if you played with any amount of consistency, like, you've got all the agent contracts maxed out. Like, that, is, case, that is hard, for example, cap. has that. I mean, you can't say I haven't played with any amount of consistency, and I absolutely don't have all of the agent contracts maxed out. So that that is a bit of an overstatement the way you said that, but, like, I see your point, okay. which is that some people but, have like, maxed them out. I mean, yeah, especially, like, especially people that, like, you know, or like in the higher ranks, like you know, if like you're you're a streamer for this game, right? You definitely you have play a lot maxed out. Yeah, yeah. If, yeah. You play, if you play a lot, like you've got everything maxed out. Um, I mean, a lot, a lot. I'd yeah, say that I, we kind of play a lot for for like yeah. the average person, but like, I mean, that hasn't gotten us anywhere, right? Yeah, I would say probably like a top twenty percent in terms of playtime max would have that issue of having completed all their agent contracts. I think if I put all my XP from my alt into my main, I'd have everything. I don't know Maybe if you would. Quite. 
No, well, because you... I don't, and I don't play on alts. Hmm. So, Cass, that might be true, but most of the people who play the game a whole lot also have an ult. So, like, yeah. I don't know that that necessarily changes anything. Well, fair enough. But, like, I mean, like, the point still stands. Like, it's like... Yeah, yeah. They, they don't release agents faster than you can gain XP. Yeah, and I would also yeah. argue that, in general, the agent sprays and the agent items are only really cool if, you know, you like the agent. And also, the gun skins, if you're playing a lot, are totally irrelevant because they're never cool enough to beat out an animated skin. Uh, so, yeah, I'm still, I'm yeah. still down for they, they should make like an unlockable with Radiantite animation for, for each of those. Um, yeah, I think that would be right something special. Yeah, like again, I can see why Ride doesn't want to do that just because it makes them less money if people aren't paying for the full animated skins. But I do agree, it's kind of lame that, like, like I've got, like, a ton of different Frenzy skins that, like, I'm never going to use because they're not better than the the uh, the, the, the Prime 2.0 or the um, RGX. I would argue and that I, they I, actually are. <laughs> I don't like well, either of those Frenzy skins. Okay, no, well, no, the no, Prime no. is so sick. The what? The Prime Frenzy? I fucking yeah. love the Prime Frenzy. Dude, like, no, the, I don't love the Prime Frenzy. But the tracers are the tracers are kind of op. Like, just it, it just has the best chase. Well, it just has the best frenzy tracers compared to any other gun. I Which... just have the best frenzy lineup in the game. <laughs> no, you don't have the glitch pop, dude. I don't have glitch pop, no. But uh, with, with me Ion, yeah, good. Uh, Ion, Elder Flame. I and, forgot you had uh, both Ion and Elder Flame. Yeah, the, I think the, if you yeah, go Ion, Elder Flame, Glitch Pop, those are the top three right there. I don't. I've never used the Ion in game. So Ion feels good. It feels it does really feel good. good. I've also yeah. kind of started to use the. Uh, I, I might have mentioned this on an earlier podcast, but now that they've increased the recoil on the frenzy, I've started to use it like a pocket AK or pocket bandle. Um, the issue is that the first shot inaccuracy is also a lot worse. So that yeah, okay, I'm not fucking dueling across mid with it. I'm not I'm not posted up fucking caves to right titty with it, but like from from medium from medium to close range, I find that the like using it not as a dump the clip and firing a few shots here, a few shots there is actually pretty good. Yeah, I've ever since the frenzy and uh, shorty got nerfed, I've been almost always just running uh classic on pistol rounds now and mm. uh yeah it's it's a good gun i've been appreciating it more and more uh obviously i've always been on the classic op stance but i haven't i've often not enjoyed using it but i've been really growing in my classic skills and you know especially the sky it's very nice to be able to get the utility of not buying a gun because her utility is great i still think the frenzy is insane like the recoil like it <laughs> If you're if you're getting where recoil is a problem, I think it was still like kind of a problem beforehand. Uh, if you're in those close range fights with you often arm pistol, just feels unmatched, mm-hmm. especially like when you can run a gun. Yeah, I will say the the shorty uh, nerf is kind of an indirect frenzy buff because you know you're less likely to swing a close corner and get shot by a shorty. So hopefully you do better against the classic than you would against the shorty. Um, not that it matters a ton, but maybe a little bit on pistol rounds. Yeah, okay. I still I think frenzy. Can't drink this beer, so I'm grabbing a different one. <laughs> oh no! I still, I still think frenzy is uh, 
like the best ah shit i can't buy anything this round buy like if you have the extra 450 and you can still buy next round um like the frenzy is definitely like more reliable for getting that kill on a full armored opponent opponent than than like the ghost i'd say yeah. I, I agree with it in terms of like compared to the ghost but or even the I'm classic not, like i prefer like, to the I'm classic not, for sure i'm not sure it's worth like i i've been doing it a little bit more lately than I'd say I would be doing in the past, but that's because I've started treating it more like a Vandal than an up-close run-and-gun weapon. Um, because while they did nerf the recoil, they also buffed the reset time to compensate. So the gun actually resets faster now. Um, I don't also, remember I feel seeing like that. The, they, they buffed something to compensate for the increased recoil. I think you have I less recoil, but you, you hit... Yeah, yeah. You oh, hit the oh, max okay. recoil Got faster. Yeah. But it's Got less it. recoil at max. So, well, okay. Then that effectively increases the reset time then, no? Or decreases the reset time because there's less max recoil. Correct? I guess it... I don't or know I for sure that it works the same the opposite scale? way, but if it does, then yes. Okay. Either way... um. I often find that it's, like, it's very much a toss-up, whereas, like, okay, if I buy this gun and I got one kill with it, regardless of whether I get then traded out or I'm able to recover whatever that weapon is or not, like, I'd say, like, it, it was worth the money. But when you're in a situation where you don't even get one with it, it's, like, I probably would have been better off just spending, or, like, not spending that money. And it might not affect my buy next round. But it might affect what my buy is two, three rounds from now, having that extra 400 credits. It might be an extra smoke I can have. It might be an extra updraft I can have. And I find that I very rarely consider, uh, like, the future impact of, like, minor spending decisions that I make in outside of just the next round. And I feel like I should keep that in mind more often. Yeah, that actually yeah. ties into something that I wanted to talk about that relates to that, which is uh, me being on the Light Shields meta train and finding that it just works so well um, that it, it, I, it, came to me, it came to me right now because Chase was talking about those situations where you can just buy nothing. And the amount of situations that happens is greatly reduced by me having more money from Light Shields buying. And then also, you know, if I'm planning on Light Shields Vandal next round, I can spend now 600 more in this round. And that's led me to do a lot more Sheriff and Bucky buys. I've been bringing the Bucky back a little bit on Ecos. Because, um, yeah, I, I don't, I, I hate full saving. Oh, I have noticed a lot more Buckies on the ground lately. That's probably why. Yeah, are they Origin Buckies? Because if so, then it's definitely yeah, Origin Buckies kind of dope. Attention. Yeah. <laughs> the, um, yep. I don't know what I was going to say along the, oh, fuck out. What was my, oh, yeah. Well, what I have been doing, though, is I have been buying my utility and just not using it unless the round gets to, like, a realistic win percentage chance. Yeah. So, like, I'll buy my utility and be like, okay, well, I don't have the money to rebuy my utility next round if we lose. But unless I think we've got a realistic chance of winning this round, I'm not going to be using said utility. I mean, like, you're I'll in a the... sticky situation there because... Could you have been in a situation like where you could win this round more if you had used some utility there? Now, obviously, you play Jet, so probably not. But like, that's not a situation that like me as Brim 
can can be thinking about because well, like, no, like you could to get my team to get right. my team into the situation like if i'm buying two smokes and i'm like oh i can't mm-hmm. afford to buy like to use these two smokes right then like why the fuck did i buy them like i should be uh, you have to use those to get my team into a position where we could have a chance to win yeah no i, I was thinking more about like your your stim beacon and your molly in your context or like when i'm playing when i'm playing cypher it's like i might buy my cages but i'm not putting those cages up pre-round Right. Uh, like, if I know that I'm not going to be able to buy them next round, I'm going to hold on to those. And then if we're in a chance in which I think, or if we're in a situation in which I see that we can real, or, like, there's a good chance of us winning this round, even if that's 50-50 on an eco, we'll take, like, I'll take that. I'll, um, I'll be like, oh, okay, like, if I can cage off this angle so I can safely cross and get this weapon, like, then, then that, I think, would be worth it. But I'm not preemptively setting up my trips and my cages knowing that, hey, if they don't come to my site, I've just wasted 600 credits of utility that I can't rebuy next round. Yeah, so uh, I think a good way of thinking of it is, like, say you're uh, defending as Brim. You can, like, I buy smokes regardless of, like, eco situation when it comes to smokers because they're probably the most important utility in terms of how you play the game. But if I'm on eco and I bought my molly, I won't necessarily throw my molly out to stop them from getting into sight. Maybe if it's like turns into a situation where maybe the molly will be useful, that's when you are like, okay, minus two fifty. Let's see if we we can get the round. I think that's like more the situation that Cass is talking about. Yeah, so maybe some more like expensive or impactful utility that you might want to save. Um, mm-hmm. But I was thinking like even the other way around. Like I'm kind of countering myself now. Um, is like would i have rather just not bought those because then i just wouldn't have them right so then it would be the same as me not using them in that round yeah but uh, you can rather... just pretend you don't have them until you get into a situation where you're like oh but i do and i could actually use those to great effect right now right yeah yeah i think like that's the exact thought process that i go in with yeah uh it... is like hey like if this is going to like i mean for you as brim right if like a whole fuck we've pulled a lot of time off spike on this, on this, uh, like, thrifty round, like, my Molly could take us across the line here in terms of buying time. Yeah, definitely. But then it's worthwhile it investing, yeah. but, like, you, you might not want to use it to stop somebody from pushing out of heaven, you know? Yeah. Yeah, this, for me, this ties into something that I was talking to, uh, you know, Luca in our watch party chat earlier, which was very cool. Come hang out as we continue to, uh, stream, uh, the Jams games. Um, and uh, he was talking about how we discussed on podcasts saving more often, and in his opinion, he he thought that since we talked about that, the pros were actually saving in situations more often. Clearly, because they listened to the podcast. Um, yes, clearly. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, one thing that I expressed him that I've said on pod before is that like I know that saving more is often good, even in ranked. However, I hate doing it, so I'll do it in premier. I won't do it in ranked because. It's much more fun to attempt a 2v4 uh, retake than it is to save. That's why I want to do the thing that's more fun. Um, and I feel like a similar thing applies for the utility. Like, I would be very down to consider that more often in Premiere, and I feel like I do a bit. But in Ranked, you know, if uh, I can try to make something happen with it, even if it's not the best use of creds, I'm going to do it. Most of the time. If it's really so lost situation, out. then no. So we figured out why Hunter isn't radiant yet. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It it one, those two one things. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you, gotta, you gotta, you gotta embrace the jam time, Hunter. Well. <laughs> oh, didn't push my site. 
Time to go sit in CT and wait for the next one. Well, here's the thing. The thing that you might not be considering is that if I play, you know, it's sort of like Wuhujin talking about that when you're going to gold, you should uh, lock uh, Reyna every single time just, you know, because you're improving your gameplay even though you're kind of throwing in terms of the individual games. Similar concept there that I learn absolutely nothing in terms of my gameplay by, um, you know, playing chess on a site while saving. Whereas, you know, if I'm going in, you know, guns blazing, sky dog out, uh, Hulk out blinded, then like I'm, you know, gaining practice in difficult situations, which might be worse for that game, but will help me in future games. Yeah, but the op is 4,700 credits. Okay, I don't op very often, but I will save the op. I, I don't, that is sort of an exception in that retaking with an op is so impractical that it's not even fun to do. So I, I, I will save my op. I'll also save someone else's op if they're someone I trust to op like Cass and not some rando who just buys it and dies every round. Yeah, I mean, I wanted to bring it back a little bit um, to Hunter's... Uh, Light Shields meta, because I am almost mm. fully bought in. Um, which I was very hesitant at first. I've, yeah. I saw, like, the pros doing it for a, for a little while. I mean, the pros being a minor subset of pros, it's not it's not the majority yeah. at all. Um, but some teams have been trying it, and I was always like, nah, this is uh, this is stupid. Um, what are you, you're, you're just making the like, phantom one-tap you like a vandal. Um, which is true, but I really like it in game. Um, yeah, <laughs> I have a lot more money just thinking about like light shields is like a totally fine buy, and then like I'll buy full shields toward the end of the half where I have enough money that it doesn't fucking matter. Or if I'm like max creds, then fuck it, you you might as well. Um, or if they're going to be on like uh, if we're on like an anti eco, I would rather have full shields. And if I notice that there are specific people playing phantoms, I will also buy full shields. So there's like a lot of nuance to it, at least the way that I'm currently uh, putting it into my game. But there are a lot more rounds where I'm buying light shields just to save up that money a little bit. Um, because yeah. a lot of people just use Vandal. And the whole thing is, you know, if you get one tapped in the head by a Vandal, or just, you know, a couple bullets to the body, then one to the head, it didn't matter whether you have light or full shields. You were dead. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter so, with body shots anyways. Yeah, yeah, body shots are the same too. Body shots well, are the same. Um, I kind of forgot. But yeah, about and that so that's actually. most most of the engagements you get in with like Vandal v Vandal is the same. Mm -hmm. I will say, if you buy light shields, as like I have a way better chance of getting the cipher tripwire kill. Yeah, that's sure. <laughs> I can tri I can triple shot you to the body with a Vandal, and then if you don't break my trip, you die, and it's nice. I, I don't have one of those kills yet kind of cool yeah i was gonna <laughs> say typically they're gonna break the trip eventually but yeah i don't think yeah, that's really uh, a concern yeah, but like <laughs> but there's a chance when it know? happens yeah. you'll be pogging all over the place oh yeah for sure <laughs> yeah but it also means that you hit them three times in the body and didn't hit them in the head when they were glowed up yeah but and also yeah, yeah, yeah i'm safer maybe i'm spamming through my cage you know well, yeah, yeah but you also are seeing their outline yeah, there's yeah, no there's saying, no way no, you no, no. only get three body shot kills and stay alive so that your trip actually goes off. Um, well, maybe I could get a post-mortem trip kill. Or Don't they deactivate immediately no, when you die? No, they deactivate, right? Oh, son of a bitch. Yeah. 
Wait, well, I don't know if they're if you're if they're already caught. I'm not sure. I don't know how that works. I have no idea. I don't okay, know what that so interaction is yet. I'm thinking more along the lines of they haven't hit my trip yet. Yeah. I spam them down through smoke. Get three body shots. Don't get the kill. All right. But now I'll put the fear of God into them. They're trying to get to cover. Yeah. They hit my trip. But I put the fear of God in them. I pop my cage. They can't see where the trip ends. They can't shoot it out immediately. They're worried. I start pushing it, making footsteps. Now why I'm really fucking scared. This is still not shooting the trip. Yeah, why and wouldn't you shoot die. them? Gas. <laughs> <laughs> here's the thing. If you want to make the enemies terrified of you, put the fear of God into them, or surrounding your trips and cages. There's just one thing that you're not doing because you're stubborn, which is buying an Odin. <laughs> then they will truly know fear. That is true. The yeah. mental damage debuff of the Odin just going Daka. Like, I'm like, I'm not going near there. Yeah, well, the, the first know, time I, you hit I a didn't... trip and die to an Odin is just like, bruh. Cass and I buying an Odin is a mental buff for the other team because they're like, oh, that's two free kills. <laughs> I was telling Cass, I need to, you know, open Odin school for real. I've talked about it. I've actually thought of some courses now. The progression from, you know. Oh, God, don't to... be one of those influencers. Oh, I'm going to charge you big money for it and a post about class. it <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Sign up for only three easy payments of $3.99 for my I've own. I've actually been using class. the Odin in TDM. And every time, time you say this is a dog shit gun because you immediately and, and, die. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fucking dog shit. I take a duel with someone. I'm crouched. I'm ADS. My crosshair's on their head. I get head tapped. Yeah. I mean, Odin is probably like the worst gun in TDM. Or not the worst gun in TDM, but why would or using an Odin is like not for a TDM style of thing? Like for a straight duel, I think Phantom and Vandal are better. But Odin is like for those spams, for just like you're not getting through this area, which doesn't apply in death or TDM. So it's just kind I mean, of the random Reyna on the other team begs to differ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah thank you blade i was yeah, i was thinking of saying that and then you beat me to it yeah i fully agree and it's about also you know when someone's peeking a corner in an actual game you know you see a pixel of them and you just immediately start spraying like you don't have to wait you know be disciplined wait for the head and then you keep spraying while their teammate peeks as well and you get the second kill whereas in tdm everyone's just like you know ego swinging things like you know you don't get that chance to start mowing them down they're moving around like a uh like they're on crack or something and you know that's how tdm is it's true the slower movement in actual game definitely is a buff to the odin yeah mm -hmm. not yeah, but what if no. i it, it, i just can't hit shots with the odin but what if i play equally like a crackhead in tdm and in actual games <laughs> now i found out yeah. 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 as well yeah that might be a problem Jiggle this angle? But yeah, right. I'm You're gonna have to sign up for Hunter's Masterclass. Yeah, however, that being said, Cass, that's a little incongruent with you saying how, talking about how much you die to Odin's in games. Yeah, no, I swear to god, the gun's just different when everybody else buys it. Yeah. Like the, the gun just has better stats when it's not in my hands. I agree. Well, Cass, given all this information, I'd be willing to offer you a ninety percent discount. Normally I charge fifteen hundred dollars for my class you know two hundred fifty dollars i'm not good at math for you you know if you respond in the next five minutes yeah well any of those proceeds go to my uh appearance fee oh uh <laughs> yes they'll yes. have an, uh 
It's still yes, bound. Um, Three hundred dollars, uh, fifty of those couch plate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Alrighty. Well, one of the other things I wanted to talk about, and admittedly, this is very convoluted and complex. So there's a lot of fucking graphs. In fact, there's eight times one, two, three, four, oh, five, six, seven. My favorite graphs on the podcast. Yeah, there's sixty-four graphs. We're not going to be looking at any of these graphs. I don't even know what you're talking about. You're just talking about how many graphs there is. It's agent <laughs> win rate and pick rate for episode six. Oh, wow. This graph. Distributed for all ranks. All right. And there are just a couple of standout things here. First of all, Brim and Killjoy are kind of crap. Especially at the lower ELOs. Is this, a new, this is a new thing? Yeah, it's from episode six. Okay. So we're yep. in episode seven. So relatively, yeah. um, yeah, Brim ain't cracked in the lower elos, uh, according to my RR. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> your RR is doing. Uh, I'm is doing significant damage to that stat. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. But uh, no, Brim and Brim and KJ are just head and shoulders low elos across all maps. The best agency. Fuck you, well, I mean, I I just I'll give you two good reasons. I mean, actually, it's only one reason. Their monitors aren't on, so you know how can they see where the KJ Molly is yeah. or the Brim Molly, or like they just keep on dying to the KJ turret. They they don't know what movement keys are. They don't know how to move. They just get Brim molted, and they're like. Guess I'll die. Yeah, that was. So that's what I do a lot of times when I get brimolted. That, that not I'm so much the brimold, no but dash. the yeah, <laughs> that not the brimold, but the mollies. That exact thing happened in the T1 versus uh, foot game. The T1 players just keep walk kept walking into mollies and dying. <laughs> yeah, I was okay. I was in a game the other day um, where I I brimolted site like to to prevent defuse. And uh, the Phoenix on the other team, I'm assuming, just panicked and popped his ult. Yeah. So then yeah, I, I the ult, my ult immediately ki- killed his ult and then his respawning body. Ooh. <laughs> yep. He might have thought that he would have died to the ult, but then like spawned in and lived. Yeah, I mean that could have been the thought process, but it just yeah. didn't work at all for him, uh, and it yeah. was really, <laughs> really hard. Yeah. But great, it was hilarious. Because yeah. I, I, I know that you can Phoenix alt to live raise raise alt or live through raise alt. Oh yeah, because it's only one right. Yeah, because that's one damage. instance it's of one damage. Instance of damage. Yeah, but like the the brimold is obviously more. So yeah. it could have been big brain. Like maybe he was low and he's like, oh, I can alt have this little health and then I respawn at full health. You know, so then I can maybe live through this. But mm-hmm. no. Okay, because I wonder, if you are full health in the Brimalt, right? Yeah. No, it ticks pretty fast. But it does like, tick pretty fast. It ticks a couple of times before you die. So you tick a couple of times. You pop alt. But don't you have the same amount of... It, so it doesn't matter what time you pop alt, because you'll have the same amount of health when you pop that ult as when you... Yeah, but I'm saying you're... you're wait, no, no, when you come back after ult, you always respawn in with 100 health. Now you do, yes. But I'm saying that when you pop ult, it doesn't increase your health. Like, you have the same health. So you could pop it immediately when the brim ult starts. Oh. You can pop it for any time before you die. Well, but no, but in theory, do you get any iframes when you're popping ult? 
Yeah, but it doesn't matter when you pop them. If well, you do... just to be clear, you don't get iframes when you're popping alt. Oh, I was going to say... You have iframes on respawn, though. Yeah, you, yes, you do have a couple of iframes on respawn. Yeah. Yeah, it's not very many. But, like, you could maybe dodge a tick or two over the brim alt. Well, uh, I'm here to tell you, that shit doesn't matter. I just did a little bit of wikiing, Ooh. and uh, it says the damage total is 400 to 500, so... You're you're chewing through that 300 HP pretty pretty cleanly. Yeah. And, that's, yeah. and we're even talking about the scenario where you're low at the start of it, where you have even less than 300. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was going for max value where if you're yeah if you're 150, right. ulti instantly, take the 150 respawn. You'll still take the extra 150. Yeah, I, I think the best mm-hmm. case for it would be if you're actually relatively high health, and you ult. Uh, run out of the brim ult so that you don't die immediately at least you know maybe you get killed towards the end of the brim ult by an actual person and then you know you respawn so you're basically just using it to push aggressively while the brim yeah, ult is to, happening to try to like delay time yeah but yeah. like oh, couldn't well, you just, just run out full health yeah. yeah right right well because if you run out with your ult right and maybe it depends on if you have to run out into like people that might yeah that's what i'm saying yeah. you have to run out into people regardless right yeah it's like, say say you're in lamps, and you got to run out of lamps, and there are people holding it. It's like, well, maybe if I run out in Phoenix Alt, I don't immediately die. Like, maybe I can buy a right, right. time so that the alt goes away, and then when I respawn, the alt will be gone. Or I'll just take one or two ticks. Yeah, that could be um, smart. But yeah. yeah. Well, we're thinking Obviously, it didn't work we? in this instance. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Oh, yeah. We were on and... Yeah, we're... But it's not even just a low elo, though. Like... Like, across all ELOs, they're above the 50% win rate mark. Hmm. I, I can't find one instance of them being below. And also, unfortunately, at least, well, unfortunately for me, um, there is not a single instance in which Cypher is better than Killjoy. Yeah, well, that's I mean, unfortunate. I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm the most frauds I ever see are people who play KJ and then try to use their util to basically win them rounds for free versus ever taking a real gun duel. <laughs> I feel like that happened, or I see that all the time, because her utility can just be so powerful. Like, mm-hmm. there's nothing more terrifying than going into, like, a KJ setup on, like, a Scent B or something, with yeah. maybe, like, a Sova or something, like, because she has that shit on lock. And outside of, like, using Sova darts or some other utility to try to break shit, or maybe, like, KO... It's so hard. Mm-hmm. And that type of just like space dominance, it will give you a lot of free wins, I think. Yeah. Or free rounds. Yeah, I, I never yeah it's. Yeah. I think it's interesting the position we're in of KJ versus Cypher because, you know, if you, if you look back to the launch of KJ, so much of her stuff was just really, really good and Cypher's was lacking. But now that they've been evened out a bit to where KJ's stuff has a lot more downsides and Cypher's has been boosted up. I think we're reaching a point where it's fair to just acknowledge that unless you completely rework their kits or nerf and buff them to the ground or ceiling, um, I think KJ's kit in principle is just better than Cypher's, regardless of the specific numbers, unless you, you know, sh- you know shoot them one way or the other. Well, that you just have such massive space-taking ability. Well, yeah, that you, that you have the uh, more uh, proactive info from the turret they don't have to walk all the way up to your trips which they can if they're creeping here and go all the way up to 
uh, you know, even when they're in line of sight of them. And then you have the damage potential of the mollies as well as the stall that's much greater than the trips in most cases. And then the cypher cage is just not a bad ability, but I would say it's top five in worst abilities in the game. Um, just because it's kind of limited in what it can do. Um, yeah, I mean, the cam, I think, is very good. Can yeah. be very good. Yeah. yeah. So I, that's what's I, trying to, like, carry Cypher. Right, the cam right. is carrying Cypher yeah. from being absolute dog shit. Um, and I think that the improved ult is so much significant, like, so much better than it was. Yeah, the ult is actually and pretty that, solid at this point. Yeah, so now it's, like, it's a solid ult. But it's also not yeah. a KJ ult. <laughs> no, you know, yeah. it's good. Uh, I kind of uh, here. Go ahead, guys. Uh, I was gonna say the thing that I think is like the largest, or single-handedly the largest thing that's holding Cipher back here. Well, I guess there are two to three things that are working in tandem, um, and it's namely the difference in AOE. Is if you decide to brute force your way into Cipher's site, one person's gonna get highlighted on the trip, assuming you haven't broken it, and maybe they'll die while being highlighted by the trip. But everybody else is like everybody else can just run right through for free and there's nothing you can do to stop them yeah whereas mollies are like group damage yeah the mollies yeah. anybody who pushes through that molly is taking the same amount of damage like uh and then the other problem is it's really easy to deal with cypher trips like you fucking run a yeah. sky dog through them and probably both my trips are gone or like a fade prowler um not to mention just like raise blast packing onto site often breaks the trips like, I find that, like, the combination of them being way too easily broken and um, and the fact that, like, you cannot stop a full commitment off your, your util alone is what holds Cypher back from being competitive with KJ. And I don't really know what the answer to that is. Like, the only thing off the top of my head I can think of is, like, Cypher's trips aren't breakable until you're in the range at which you can see them or hear them i mean that could still like, happen with like um i mean I, I i don't know that could still happen with blast packing in yeah it could still happen with blast packing in but like it like yeah, yeah. i don't know yeah i think it, you could make it, it so multiple like people could get caught um, yeah, or yeah, multiple people can get caught on the same trip too. But yeah, I think honestly the solution might not be to change the trip, uh, but to change the cipher cage. Um, it, like when cipher came out, it also slowed you, and then they decided that was too similar to sage. That would help a lot with AOE stalling. Uh, not sure that that's the best idea, but yeah, that would help. Um, I, I've thought of different ways that none of you guys liked when I suggested them about some scenario some way in which you get pinged when being in the cypher cage whether it's after a certain amount of time if you're in there or if it's when you enter when you exit like i think the cypher cage is the weakest part of the kit and that has the potential to fill the gap Cass is saying in terms of slowing down a hard push well i i think i think it's because people like expect cypher to be able to hold off a hard push but i think that's fundamentally like going into KJ's role. I mean, they're both sentinels, but I feel like Cypher's like a a get one and then you can play for retake type deal. Uh like I'd say uh maybe like sp split on B or something. Like you can get one 
with your trip cage combo, but then you need to get out versus like KJ is more holding. So I don't necessarily know if that's like where they want to try to go into. And plus deadlock, I think is more trying to be that lockdown site KJ competitor, even though she's not great right now. So I'm not 100% sure. And overall, what I would say is that KJ, she just has such a low skill floor um, that she will be good basically like all the time. Like I think I brought up like that guaranteed value or quote unquote guaranteed value thing that Cypher just doesn't have. But Cypher can have extreme levels of value like Cypher or Nat Cypher or whatever. He does shit like you couldn't believe with him. And like I don't think he even plays KJ really because he doesn't need to. He has these cool setups, these cool lurk timings that maybe KJ doesn't allow for. I know. I think Cypher's, like, kind of what you were talking about, how Killjoy can be, like, the site denial sentinel. I feel like Cypher is more of a, well, I know they're not here, denial. In terms of, like, uh, like on, on split, like, if you put a trip down in, um, in vents or ropes. Right? It's like, well, okay, granted, they have they have mid, but I can tell you they're not coming towards A. Right? Yeah, like, because I, I it is my, global, too. Yeah. It's like, I have my trip there, they're not coming towards A, you don't need to worry about someone popping out of ropes there. Um, like, we know that they're now leaning B after they've taken mid. Um, or other instances like that. It's like, you can... You can isolate certain areas of the map and guarantee that people have not made it through this avenue. Right, right. But it does not work well in terms of denying access to site. Yeah, and that kind of brings me back to what I was saying, which is that I think if we look at those differences between Cypher and KJ, on the whole, on average, what KJ brings, that denial, is just more valuable than the info and you know in some cases in some team comps with some players the cypher can be better but i think if you look at it that way kj is just brings more value to the table yeah i agree but also part of the issue is there's always going to be weaker agents than others in terms of what they can always bring for a team uh yeah uh hunter i'm really proud of you for going on your sky journey because like i feel like if if there's like one thing I would, or if there's like one agent that I basically like to have on every map, is probably Sky because she's just so good. She brings so much value in so many circumstances, and it's like I think she'll probably always be worse or always be as good to maybe slightly worse than the other flashing initiators of Ko and Breach, but. Mm-hmm. That's like just a generalist versus specialist type of thing, mm-hmm. which yeah. I can see. Thank Interestingly you. enough, I'm looking at these graphs here, and Sky was not picked at all in analyzed matches in either Ascendant or Immortal in this chart. Well, how many matches were analyzed here? Uh, I don't have that information for you, unfortunately. It, do you get the, the sense person, that this is like a small sample, or is this like I do not overly... think this is a small sample. Now, it I find to... it hard to believe that quite literally no one yeah. picked Scott. Yeah, that's any capacity. Weird. 
Yeah, I, I wonder if it's, it's a, if it's a thing where... There aren't enough games that have Sky in it to get relevant data. Exactly. That's, I think that's it's non-mirror. I think it's non-mirror win rate. Oh. That's probably how they have to calculate it, because yeah. if you think about yeah. it, if there's a Sky on each team... Then you're 50%. Yeah, you're 50%. Yeah, so. but that's why often, like, when... Like, it's something that uh, the Riot devs have brought up before, which, like, obviously they do look at non-mirror, like, win rate. But, like, there are a couple agents in particular, and this was back during the, like, the height of Jet Meta, like, prior to Chamber's release. Um, They're talking about the fact that, like, they're like, yeah, we can't really get any non-mirror data on Jet because fucking every, like, she's in every game. Right. Um, Which kind of tells you everything you need to know in a way. That has a Jet in it. The other team is also playing Jet. They're like, Mm -hmm. there's a handful of games that don't have a Jet Mirror. Um, And, like, that's true at the higher ELOs on this. Uh, these graphs that I'm looking at, Jets' win rate is 50%. Probably because I mean, both teams are playing her. I mean, yeah, but we haven't determined whether that was mirror or non-mirror. Yeah, I, I don't have the answer for that because, unfortunately, all the information that this person said was, I collected match data for competitive games in all regions against um, against ELO. And they plotted agent win rate over pick rate. So there's not a lot of background information on exactly what's going on here but the two things that really stood out were brim and kj being above 50 percent on basically all maps across all elos well and if we're thinking like it, i think the only way they're probably getting this data is non-mirror that's like the only way it kind of makes sense when you're doing oh, comparisons yeah. like well, yeah they could, thinking... they could include mirror but it just cancels each other out yeah so well, it's like basically yeah. yeah yeah useless information in terms of what's going on but like think about it this way like there's if i'm in low elo it's like i'd much rather have a brim than like an astra or probably an omen lots of times because that molly's probably getting more value than an omen who doesn't know how to throw his flash correctly or like to mm-hmm. utilize his tp or his ulti in like a good way or an astra where it's so much timing focused and creative use of your stars you're not going to get that so i can see where that can kind of get up there plus like kj also like when it's like non i'm guessing lots of times they're probably not picking a cipher against the kj necessarily but maybe like non senti uh mm-hmm. team comps kj can gotta fuck those super hard so yeah I know Chase did get hit by the most goaded Astra suck of all time in one of our games the other day. It was on stream. Yeah. Technically, I think. It was by our own Astra, but... <laughs> Wait, what happened with this? I, I forget. Uh, Chase was try- Chase got a kill. He was trying to back out of market and just got sucked right back into the angle as multiple people saw Oh, right. Him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think our own Astra was trying to... Uh stop people from pushing out of market by putting a suck there to, like, help me, but I just got caught by it and got pulled right into, like, three <laughs> opponents. Yeah. <laughs> it was the most god-tier suck. They love to see but it. Yeah, played. if you didn't, if you did, uh, so, in our premiere games the other day, we played the first game on Ascent seriously. Uh, Which played watched, second, actually. Yeah. yeah uh, the second game on Ascent, we went up against the Tryhards, and... That was literally played, their team name. Yeah. Uh, we played Five Smokes, and shotguns only. And we went 1-13. and 13. Yeah, we got dogged. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like Zeta Division. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, uh, it was funny yeah. because the omen, the omen on their team followed suit and played uh, played shotguns only with us. Yeah, he said, "I am one of you" in chat at yeah. one point, and he was way yeah. better with a shotgun than any of. So much teams. better. Now yeah. we were saying our copium there is that uh, it's because he had a team of not shotguns supporting him. Um, <laughs> yeah, but also, yeah, he was just way better than us with the shotgun. Yeah. Also. Team MVP with shotguns, bitches. Yeah. Let's go. Best shotgun yeah. user in DVP. Although I will, I will say, qualify that I was not playing in this game. I had one of our subs come in because he was there and wanted to be in. So I could be a better shotgun user than you. We'll never know. I don't know. But I'm, do I'm currently wearing the crown. You can come take it from me. Yeah, so yeah, I'm sure, saying I would have sure. had more kills than you if I just didn't get sucked into that angle. Yeah, <laughs> I was getting five there. <laughs> yeah. And also, our worth noting that our uh, top frag uh, for every premier game, almost. I don't know if almost it might be every one. Uh, Alex, he I believe he got one kill over the course yes. of the game. One kill. <laughs> yeah. Yes, our our diamond. The rest of us are fucking yeah. like gold and now we know why Alex silver. is radiant. Uh, yeah. Shotgun tech. Right. Yeah. Not not shotgun. <laughs> also, Hunter, I definitely outfragged Alex in a game or two. It's not common. It's not common, but... Only the ones that we've lost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, you guys were speaking about Goaded Astra Sucks. I was looking up a clip. If you go to the Val Clips uh, channel, it should still be there when the pod goes live for uh, listeners. Uh, there's a, a great Astra Suck technology. I thought Chase might have been a founder of it. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Oh yeah, oh, yeah, if you take a look at this. Okay, here's the problem. Yeah. Oh, I had, see, I had seen that. I had seen that. Yeah. Right? Or does it start auto-muted? Uh, I mean, you can click the mute button. Or I'd click on the link and then just go to Twitter, but I don't know if you're logged into it. Uh, yeah, Cass, I just checked. Yeah, this season of Premiere, Alex has top-fragged every game. Well, you know, oh, it's, okay. it's, so it, basically, it's a peak. It's yeah. an after-suck peak. So that they team-suck their own players to, like, peak the angle faster. Oh, to swing it into the angle? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's fun that is absolutely insane and, and they like cr- was <laughs> two people crouch swinging into the ankle yeah how, how realistically accurate are you at that point oh you can't be but like it made the chamber tp in this clip yeah i think it's yeah, more about making the other person miss than shooting while moving yeah okay but part of the okay there as hilarious that is or that that is um you get vulnerable, don't you? Can yeah. I shut up? It's just a fun clip. Yeah, this this yeah, is very much equivalent. End, this after you've already gotten what you wanted after it, which was the peak. <laughs> I feel like this is a very equivalent tech to Yoru fake cloning, where obviously you're not going to do it every time. There are times when it's definitely yeah, yeah, the yeah. wrong move, but it's cool as a change of pace. Oh, it is hilarious! Don't get me wrong. Yeah, <laughs> just like Yoru fake cloning when it works, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. This is, like, a little bit, like, I don't know if you can even call this tech, but, like, I love when KOs molly off an angle and the, or, like, nade off an angle and just walk through their own nade and take duels. Yeah. Because, like, it's like, ah, well, I don't take too much damage to my own nade. And you're just like, fuck you, I'm swinging this, and you don't expect it. Um, I walked through my own molly the other day, and somebody was holding it. And that's crazy. crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, that reminds me of, like, uh, there was a Wuhujin video out there where he's like, yeah, you gotta trust your teammates, even if they're shitters, because trusting them 
will do you better in the long run. And he had a clip where he was like, KO, nade yourself, and then I can res you. But before he was even able to say that second part, KO just instantly <laughs> threw his nade on the ground to kill himself. Wow. <laughs> just the trust that he yeah. had. Like, yeah, they trusted the teammates, yeah. <laughs> Was was the idea that he'd get back to full health by being res? Like what, what? Yeah, I guess he was like, I guess he was probably like 10 HP or something, and Uhujin was on Sage with res. Oh, so it's like interesting. Oh, well, so it's a way to get a second Sage heal in around. Yeah. yeah, like you don't have the heal yeah. on, but it's like ah, oh, I can get you back to full HP. I guess like I another heard... situation you could do the same thing is if you're already KO ulted and like you got the site, you could just kill yourself and then get back to a hundred to like when you're resed. I guess. Yeah, that is true. One of the things, though, that I noticed is, like, people kept talking about this a lot when, like, KO first came out, and how, like, oh, KO's just a better Phoenix. Like, more versatile flashes. The nades basically do the same thing. Um, the Phoenix wall is dog shit, and KO's knife is better, and their alt is basically the same thing. Um, and it's, like, not really. Like, it's deceptively hard to res KO in a lot of situations. Yeah. In in some situations, yeah. yeah, it's free. Like getting the KO res is, is pretty free. But in a lot of scenarios, it is not an easy thing to do. It takes a while. You gotta stand there with no gun out. Yeah. I'm glad they yeah. did the buff to where like it only makes the noise when you tap it or yeah. start it. Because before it like was playing like the the whole right, time. Right. Yeah. Mm. I was pretty proud of my sound effect there, honestly. <laughs> it was pretty solid. <laughs> Wait, uh, do but... you get an ult point for killing yourself? No. You don't get ult points for killing yourself. You don't get ult points for dying to spike. Um, now, fall damage? Like, you know how, like, sometimes... Yeah, if the kill is awarded to somebody else, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you get an ult point for them dying due to fall damage or not. But I know that you do not get an ult point if you kill yourself. Because it would be an interesting strategy if somebody... Like it, you know, shot you down to like ten HP, whatever. Um, then you you get the kill though, and then you jump off like of a of heaven or something to kill yourself. Then Sage reses you back to full HP, and you got the alt point. Now you got an alt. Very very yeah. rare situation. Situational, yeah. One of the things that I've always wondered is like, and I don't play any agents in which this is like crazy relevant between Jet or Cipher. It's not like they've got God tier alts or anything. But, like, in pistol round, if I don't have armor or a pistol that I'd like to bring along with me, being, like, not a sheriff, basically, like, if we're in, like, a 4v1 and it's pretty much decided we're winning the round and the person on their team is, like, fucking Omen, who's left alive, I don't give a shit if Omen gets his alt or not. Like, I can, I can go die to Omen and get an extra alt point right there. I mean, that's a pretty you common strategy. You can also go kill him yeah. and get the whole point. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, for example, three of us could go die to Omen. Oh, true. And you all get all points. We all get all points. Yeah. And then we just stick, like, one person, like, it, it's a safe defuse. Like, Omen has no chance of contesting this. You could all just run knife out at the Omen. All die, get the all point. Maybe the third person gets the kill, because why not? But, like... If you have the knife kill, that's a huge, you know, emotional victory as well. Yeah. Something to be said um, for that. I don't know. There's just like I, I, I feel like there's certain small micro components of this game that haven't been fully taken advantage of. And I feel like the alt point economy might be one of them. 
like when you're on anti ecos, right? Like or like second round after you've lost pistol. Like all like pro teams have oftentimes decided to then just die to the spike to keep the enemy team from getting their alt points up. Right. But if you go die to like a fucking omen, omen's the one that I can think of because his ult's fucking whatever. It's worthless. Um like if you go die to an agent who has an irrelevant alt or a not super relevant alt anyway, like you can get your alt point up and you don't really care if you feed them an alt. Yeah, I mean it's very yeah. situational, right? Like how do you know you're gonna die to that player? You have to know exactly where that player is. And yeah. then be in a situation where even if we know exactly where that player is and we have a realistic chance of killing them, there's no real reason for us to. So let's multiple people go die to them so that we can get more ult points than they get. You know, like that that's like I, a I have seen it once where like God, it was a pretty whatever game. It was probably in the tier two scene. Uh, working their way up into trying to get into challengers or whatever um, that I was watching this, but they were they were playing a match. It was on round two after they lost pistol, and they ran they like five man pushed out of like of one of the sites and ran into the lurking cipher and just decided to all die to the cipher to not give anybody else on the other team all points. And like the round was over before the other team could get spiked down. Yeah. So like nobody got a spike point or a spike plant alt point either, and they're just like, "Yep, this is this is fine. This is optimal." Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you're, you're talking about like this alt economy stuff. Like pros do think about it. Like lots of times they'll have people like hunt for ecos on or like try to hunt saves if like their money's fine and if they think like it's worth it in the alt economy for like a single player to try to do it. Like if you're trying to farm phoenix ulties or whatever. Uh, he's like the easiest example because it's so cheap and mm -hmm. it's a really good ulti. Uh, like they'll send out their phoenix to try to go and like kill the savers because like even if they die, it's still like worth it for ulti points. Mm -hmm. So like it's been explored a little bit. Probably like there's probably like insane optimizations that aren't worth doing. But yeah, for sure. yeah, that's more what I was trying to say. Yeah. It's like yeah, it's definitely done, but. You know, is it worth doing? Because these are such specific scenarios mm -hmm. that, like, are these ever going to show up? And, it, like, the one time that they do, is it even worth having thought about? Right. Well, also, I'm thinking of, like, situations where, like, you know, like, your killjoy pops off on pistol, gets four kills, right? Halfway to alt. Like, on the second round, like, you might be better off just, like, trying to let that killjoy go out and get as many anti-eco kills as she possibly can. Oh, yeah, definitely. I feel this. like pro like, teams do that, yeah. Yeah, just like, just like, oh, like, yeah, you're like, we know we're going up against an anti-eco. We're not particularly concerned about losing this round here. Mm -hmm. Like, we should, we should send out somebody who's either close to alt or has a really valuable alt to go farm all these kills. Like, it's not as worth it for, like, a Neon to be running around trying to get all these kills here, even though they're, like, the, the entry duelist. Like, it might make sense to just, like, contact in. I think it in. makes a ton of sense for Neon to do it, because she has a gun ulti. Yeah. See, like... I, I just don't, like, unless you can get that up in round three. Well, yeah, like, that's the thing. You want to try to get it up for Yeah, round like, three. I'm saying if you think you can get it up for round three, then some of the weapon ults make sense. I'm thinking, like, Jet Chamber Neon. If you can get them round three. But if you don't, if you don't think you can reliably get them by round three, and they're going to come online, like, round four, maybe round five... 
then I don't think it's necessarily worth it to try to get them all those kills, whereas you're better off just getting her a Killjoy for lockdown as soon as possible. Yeah, that, that's fair. Um, but yeah, I know like lots of times pro teams, they will try to get jet knives for third round if like, you know, you have artists popping off on a pistol round. Mm-hmm. You'll maybe buy them up, give them like hero vandal, let them buy his own light sh- or heavy shields. Try to yeah. get him as many egos as or as many egos as possible, so where he can have knives for next round. Mm-hmm. And if not everyone gets the vandal, he can it can still be collected probably. Yeah, yeah. I will say and I feel like th- this whole like planning is a bit of a rich get richer situation in terms of when it's best. Because like if you're in a really close game, you don't necessarily trust that your win versus an eco is going to be you know assured to the point where you can potentially you know, have a suboptimal strategy, have your Killjoy entering instead of your Neon and still come out on top. So, like, I feel like it's a good way to, if you feel like you're aim-diffing the other team, make sure you, you know, continue to do well. But if it's a close game, either in, in ranked or in pro, I think you're potentially risking too much making your strategy suboptimal in that anti-eco. I, I don't think it's necessarily, like, a bad strategy. Like, hey, we're going to group up and we're going to contact in against this anti-eco. Like, we don't want to give them... Like, we don't want to let their pistols, uh, or, like, let somebody get a pick here or there, collect a weapon, and now they've got weapons against us. Like, I don't think it's necessarily a bad plan to be like, hey, we're just gonna, we're just gonna contact into this angle. If we get a bunch of resistance, we're gonna back off, and then go from there. That honestly well, just we... sounds like a horrible idea to me. Really? <laughs> well, okay, if you think about it this way, uh... I think if you're an anti-eco, you want to try to reduce variance as much as possible. Uh, like, you can necessarily, you could you can still do this strategy. I would say you do your hit, but, like, instead of your second man in being maybe, like, your smoker who's already, like, exhausted all their util, you can have the KJ instead. But, like, contact peaking or whatever, that's just, like, increasing variance for maybe that they're stacked on a site or something like that. And it can just, it can fuck you over. Especially if they're like anti-eco shotgunning and you're all kind of grouped up contacting in on an angle. You just get fucking mowed down by a judge. <clears throat> I mean, who's buying judge round two? I'm not, yeah, I mean, you, you were just talking general anti-eco. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. yeah my, my thought though, Cass, was, was not about the strategy specifically that you employ, but how you, you know, structure your hit in terms of what players are doing what. Because you were saying, you know, you feed your killjoy the kills. Well, that means they need to be first or second to every peak. And, you know, let's say the enemy team on the anti-eco, I'm sorry, the other team on the eco is doing like a 4-1, which is very common. You're the one person on site, Marshall takes the head off the Killjoy, who had all the flank watch utility. Now the other four are just booking it through your spawn and now surprise you from the flank or surprise, you know, one or two players and get their guns because now there's no flank info. Whereas you would have much rather your Neon been there first to die and then, you know, you get sight and it's okay. You still have your flank watch. So, like, what I'm saying is that in, ter- if, in terms of you're like, oh, let's have Killjoy go first. That's not the optimal strategy for how you would take a sight. And you're gambling, you know, you're you're risking losing the round more by doing that, which you don't well, want to do if it's yeah, a Yeah, well, I, I'm saying I don't, I'm not saying have Killjoy go first because whoever's entering has the highest percentage chance of dying. Yeah. I'm saying, yeah, you probably want your Killjoy playing playing for the trade. Instead but of that's still a much higher like risk of dying than you would normally want your Killjoy to be. Like, you want your Killjoy to be pretty safe when you're doing a sight hit normally, because you just don't want your flank watch util to go down, and you want her post-plant abilities. 
Yeah, but I'm saying in the context of an anti-eco, it seems fairly safe. I don't think it does. <laughs> you know, someone peeks from, Mar- uh, you know, someone Marshall peeks when you don't expect it. They're not necessarily shooting, you know, the very first person. There's a good chance they take the head off the second person. Or there's a shotgun in one angle that the first person, you know, they clear the other one and then KJ gets bonked. Uh, I mean, maybe, but, like, I think sometimes, like, doing strategies to farm ultis, like, I know, like, lots of times on eco rounds for pros, if they're on the eco themselves, they'll try to, like, get as much as they can out of the round by, like, heavily fighting for orbs, even if they think they're going to lose the round. And, like, the thing is, that might lower their chances of maybe winning that round slightly, but it helps them overall. And I think this is kind of, like, the same situation where it's, like, on an anti-eco and you're trying to get your KJ to get more kills, it might lower your chances to win the round, but it could help you in the long term with uh, a better ult economy for her. Yeah, I, you I take was... some risk for better ult economy. Yeah, I was thinking exactly what you were saying in terms of the uh, ult point farming, even when you're on, you know, attack as well. Uh, sorry, not attack. If you're on the anti-eco rather than the eco, you know, the idea of, you know, let's go to, you know, a couple ult spots, ult point spots to get Killjoy her ult together as a pack. Because, you know, the chance of someone pushing up with a shotgun is much less than someone, you know, being tucked away in a corner on site with one. Like, I, I don't feel like that's nearly as risky as let's, you know, have Killjoy be the one getting the kills uh, entering site. But all this is very specific because with most other agents, being in that position isn't a problem. Like, you know, if it's Brim you're trying to do and Brim dies, that's an important ult, but that's not a big deal if he's dead going into sight. So it's a very specific situation talking about, like, one of the few agents who you really don't want to die first getting their ult. So it's it's a, it's kind of a, a long discussion about a pretty rare situation, I feel like. Wasn't that what this podcast is about? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's been most of the last hour. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we I were talking know. somewhat about pro. Should we get into pro stuff? Yeah, perfect segue. Yep. Pro disclaimer. If you don't like pro, you can probably skip ahead quite a bit. In fact, they might, you might just be able to end. I don't know if we're talking about anything besides pro for the rest of the podcast. If you don't like pro, then... I'll say this. In editing, if we discuss significant topics past pro, I'll put in a little disclaimer right here. Otherwise, feel free to sign off uh, if you hate pro from now on. Or come you just join us pro. in the Discord. Fun. Yes, yeah, sign off join and join the party. Discord. Yes, and spend the entire rest of this podcast not listening to the podcast and typing in the Discord instead. Yes. Yeah, 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 give me money so I can get checks. Yeah, or, or just download money into my bank account. That works too. <laughs> Go back through all of the polls and answer them. We have no yeah. monetization set up anywhere. I don't know how we're getting money out of this, but server <laughs> boost. Yeah, that's yeah. just giving Discord money. I don't... <laughs> yeah, someone boosted the server, and I was like, "Thanks." Uh, I have no idea what that did, but I really appreciate it because I think technically we have better audio quality now for this podcast. Yeah, easy clap. Yeah, so I really do appreciate it. I just didn't know what to, you know, what I was thanking the person for. Yeah, we've got a. Uh, oh yeah, we're level one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know you know it. Oh yeah, okay, need nineteen cool. more to get Very to come. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Competitive Discord server. I, I feel kind of sorry for Discord. Like their baseline service is so good. It's like I don't see the need to spend money <laughs> on no. it. I mean. 
do people get like boosts with anything else? I think like if you have like Amazon Prime, if you have or some Prime, shit, do you get a boost? I think you might get a boost with Prime or something like. Or do you that. get maybe you get discounted boosts or something? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But still, it, like that's a terrible monetization plan. Yeah, I, yeah, I will like, say yeah, I I don't Discord. feel that sorry for Discord given their um horrible uh tag change that was so controversial for good reason. I don't I like the one the one thing that I can see it for is like they're probably counting on like you know like Tarek probably has his own Discord or whatever, right? And like he yeah. probably wants all the benefits that come with the high end. I mean no, some like, of them are nice. Like some yeah. Some of the perks are nice, but like only if you're like really caring about the Discord server and you like want to do like customization things. Oh, you're talking about the boosting, not the tag change. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I think that's like I, like I think their payment thing is somewhat similar to like what Winrar was for a while. If you guys know what that is, yeah. Which is it's like, not for a while. It's trial. still this way. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like they they give you a free trial. They never end their free trial. You can just use it. But the idea is they're not they don't give a shit about going after any individual. But if everybody ubiquitously uses their things, like firms are going to then pay for the service because right. everybody uses it. And it's what everybody's accustomed to using. So now this corporate lawyer firm is gonna go out and pay WinRAR to use their to use their software. Um, which I think is kinda like along the lines of what Discord is going for. Is like if they're ubiquitous enough, like the people that are in a more corporate setting are going to pay for the Discord services. Okay, right. quick Mac plug. Uh, why the fuck can't Windows unzip files like natively? Yeah, yeah, there I, are free I, ones yeah. you can do now. That, but that is so fucked. Like I didn't realize that because I I was like a a Mac person for forever, right? Until yeah. I bought this PC and now we're playing Valorant, but. When I, I was, like, trying to, like, unzip a file, I have to download a separate program? That's insane. What do you do? Yeah. Like, that's just built in natively to, to Mac OS. Not... I kind of thought it was built in now. Like, I, I... I literally had to download WinRAR yesterday. Maybe Windows 11 oh, is. Really? I've, I'm running Windows 10, so... Uh, I'm on it's... Windows 10, but, like, I've extracted files on my computer, and I don't remember explicitly downloading anything that can do that. Uh, Weird. Well, maybe I, I, I'm maybe with I Chase. Downloaded something and I just don't remember doing it. But yeah, yeah, I'm with Chase, and that was a shock to me coming from um, Mac. Uh, also, Mac has much like a lot more useful software as well, like in the box. Like I was like, what the hell? You have to pay for a word processing software? Like Microsoft oh, Word yeah. doesn't come with <laughs> the computer because like Pages, Apple's version does. Oh, yeah, um, like, all the Apple programs do. Like, e even though they're not as good as Microsoft programs, like, if you need something small, like, Pages is fine. Numbers is uh, controversially okay. Um, yeah, iMovie is nice when you're getting into video editing. Yeah, I mean, I've edited yeah. all my shit in iMovie. Um, but, yeah, Windows comes with nothing. But yeah. I think uh, Windows makes all their money, actually, from Office. Uh, or right. Microsoft makes a ton of their money from Office. Yeah, uh, and I would know since my dad sold uh, computer software for Microsoft. Mm. <laughs> so, so I got my free word. There Anyways, the pro scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, just a quick update Damn, on, huh? on where we're at. Uh, we're recording this on Saturday night, going live on Monday night as usual. And as of now, there are two decider matches that have not been played: Edward Gaming versus Giants, and uh, Billy Billy versus NRG. 
all the rest of the group stage is completed. So we'll be mostly talking about playoffs. However, we might, you know, give our predictions for those deciders as well. Well, I mean, I think that should be the first thing we do. And yeah. like it, after maybe talking about, you know, a bit of group stages, but. I'm going to start this off with a conspiracy theory. Ooh. Okay. NRG lost to Billy Billy on purpose. To maintain the narrative? No. For a different <laughs> yes, reason. and. I see where, yeah. Yes, wow. and. A drama oh, guy. They, they don't Here, yes, and play fanatic. Yeah. <laughs> They're hiding rats for fanatic. <laughs> why waste why waste beating Fnatic for group stages <laughs> if they know they're going to get out anyways, you know? Like Yeah. They, they'll, like, couldn't they, couldn't they, they have just reduced variance by losing to Fnatic? Yeah. <laughs> you could win the game and then just not show strats against Fnatic. Just yeah. fucking pull out a five duelist comp and W key at him. But they want narrative too. They want they want the slow start <laughs> narrative. They work in tandem. Yeah. And they, they don't want to even see Durka until it's time to headshot him. Like, they, mm-hmm. and they, they don't want any marb accusations, like any match-fixing allegations where they're just throwing for content. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but then they throw against Billy Billy. <laughs> yeah, like, they, they okay. just lose. No. Kinda. Yeah, honestly, I, as far as conspiracy theories go, I kind of see it, because, like, you know, throwing against Billy Billy is kind of like, oh, well, it's funny. But, like, throwing against Fnatic, it feels bad to lose to Fnatic because they're an actual yeah. rival of you. But if you're doing this whole conspiracy theory thing, then, like, you've put pre-planning into this. It's not like you're throwing by picking five duelists. They're just, you know, they're showing pretend strats. They're maybe ch- choosing a bit of an odd comp, and people are like, oh, is this what they had cooked up? But really, it's not. You know, that's right. like, that That would be the act, like, the subtle throw that they could have done and it would reduce variance if you just win the game against Billy Billy, lose to Fnatic, and then you don't have to play two games in the lower. I I've uh, divined... yeah, but like they're probably just like, ah, Zeta's free. And then I mean, for throwing against Billy Billy we can beat him the second time around. I mean was it probably free? What... I mean based on Haven, Zeta's pretty fucking free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one one map free, one map not so much. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. One map not... yeah, okay, but then they probably could have been like, oh well if we got to split, we would have rolled them. Uh who knows? <laughs> yeah. That's that's the copium tank right there. Yeah. There. But like But uh actually uh I had a thing that kind of fuels my conspiracy theory even further. So uh Fanatic, NRG, Envy, they have this mystical thing called the rematch buff where they are so good at winning against teams that they lost to previously. And do you think they wanted to try to waste that in group stage? I don't think so. They they wanted to save the rematch buff for playoffs. But they yeah. are wasting it. No, no, no. Stage. They're using their own. They're not giving Fnatic the rematch buff. Yeah, I'm saying is if they beat Fnatic here in groups, and then Fnatic comes out and rolls them in playoffs. No, no, but is Energy is the ones known for the re- for the rematch buff. Yeah, they like they rarely lose to a team after they lost to him previously. Mm. Like they've they've so, yeah, pretty okay. Well, then according to that, shouldn't they have gone and lost to Fnatic in groups? Well, yes, they've already exactly. lost to them in Tokyo. No, oh. that doesn't count. That yeah, doesn't no, count. I yeah, different yeah, Blake, tournament. Wait, I thought the idea is that if they lose to them in groups and then beat them in playoffs, they're still probably going to face Fnatic again when Fnatic comes through the lowers. And at that point, their rematch buff has worn off. The idea is that they lose to Fnatic in playoffs now, 
and get the rematch buff for facing Fnatic again when they come through losers. They want to well, be the ones that come I through do, losers. I do like up. this. I do like this. Yeah. I mean, maybe, I mean, these, this is just hearsay. You didn't hear it from me if it's confirmed true. I will. Yeah, I will say this conspiracy theory has a little bit of legs to it because FNS confirmed that he reads the Reddit, which, you know, shows he might be getting some ideas from there. After he beat uh, Zeta uh, on Haven, he tweeted, um, Haven is something else than Haven is in my domain expansion, which might sound bizarre to anyone who doesn't keep up with the Reddit. But there is a post, which I'll go ahead and link to you guys, and then also when we post the podcast in Reddit, where someone also, made... Like, What's up? I was just say, if you're a weeb, you get that reference, too. Well, yeah, yeah, but there's a specific reference to this that... Was, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I did was. see that. Yeah, yeah. Um, an incredibly long copy pasta that I would love to read, but I won't. But essentially, it goes over... Uh, it, you, you, it references a bunch of different memes to talk about FNS's power. Um... Including, he, he has the ability of uh, Little Kitten, FNS summons some and gives him all the info in the game and kills all the alive players. Guarantees the round 95%, but may fail against a sub player. <laughs> Referencing some <laughs> failing against CGRS in the, uh, in the game uh, in Tokyo. So there's a lot more like that, but essentially, yes, FNS confirmed Reddit lurker, and therefore, you know, he wants to play into this. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, and, like, artists, like, I think he also just wanted to trash talk, uh, he wanted to trash talk Billy Billy even more. He oh, yeah. Just like, His trash talk was insane. We were talking about it before the pod yeah. uh, kicked off. Zero respect. His, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely yeah. no respect for Billy Billy. After, mm. after he beat Zeta, they were, like, he was in an interview, um, like a post-match interview, and, like, they asked, how do you feel about going up against Billy Billy again? And he just delivered zero respect to them. He's like... Who are those guys? Yeah, he's like, yeah. who are they? Like, we shouldn't, like, we. I have no concern. Like, <laughs> completely brush yeah. it off like like they didn't just lose to this team. Like, well, yeah. Somebody on Reddit was making a joke about how after uh, after the series against Billy Billy, um, their coach, Chet, went out and texted um, texted Ye, like, an I miss you text. <laughs> right, right. And then artist comes out versus uh, versus Zeta being like, nope. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. never fucking popped off. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> like, yeah. Well, okay. I guess I got a job to play for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Artist has honestly looked really good as the year has gone on. He's come a long way from when he started playing with Energy. Well, uh, one thing, like honestly, Artist feels like an NA pro in an EU body. Like, yeah, <laughs> the trash yeah. talk, just like the content, like. Only in A, baby. It's like, we may not win, but, you know, we'll have people talking. <laughs> yeah. And I absolutely I mean, love... I, I, I say yes, except for Boaster. His name is literally Boaster. Yeah. <laughs> but he doesn't actually boast that much, is the thing. Yeah, Boaster like, His name is kind of a... Uh, yeah, it's a weird name for... I mean, he'll fucking him. twerk on stage or whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah I don't know if that's, <laughs> that's Boaster. You, you don't go to a strip club and say, damn, those <laughs> strippers really be Boaster's boasting out there. definitely got some character. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, but no, even just like with the trash talking, like, I don't know, it's funny that like, oh, uh, like Kang Kang has been on Twitter just being like, oh, you know, like, like, I apologize for all the, you know, yeah. like the trash talk. He's like, sometimes like I still speak like a child without any hesitation. Um, and like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna step up, like face your criticism and like right. attempt to correct it. Like, if anybody's been harmed by what I said, like, I'm truly sorry about it. 
and it's just like, oh, like that's stupid. Like, talk your shit, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, Blake was mentioning um, we should discuss this. What do we think about trash talk in the scene as it is currently? Oh, I fucking love it. Like, I like it was so hype when dude stood up on stage and just like acted like he had an off and like fired at somebody on the other team, like across the stage. Yeah, it was Kang Kang. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, your shit like that's sick. Like, um, who was it? The coach that got banned for a game flipping off the other team after they won? Yeah, that was in Game Changers. Uh, yeah, that yeah, was Shopify hilarious. Rebellion against, um, I don't remember if it was C9 uh, or C9 White. Yeah, it was C9 White. He was, like, so happy about finally beating that team. He's like, he was, like, literally the meme, we can't beat this motherfucking team <laughs> and they finally did so it was like fuck yeah. you guys yeah. and then i think yeah. they like lost like a timeout or something or they lost like or he wasn't even oh, he wasn't he even allowed to be in the grand it. final yeah. yeah which was a yeah. horrible punishment absolutely stupid yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah i mean we've talked about it before it's like we we all enjoy the trash talk i mean there should be a level of respect in like professionalism like in in the sport but like that's kind of on a personal level so if there's, like, a lot of shit going on outside of that that, like, you know, influences a, a decision, then that makes sense to me. But in, like, instances where it's just, like, on stage, heat of the moment, trash talk, or, you know, post-game interview, fucking go for it. It's entertaining. Well, I, think, I think anything, like, regarding the game is fair play. Like, you can call someone shit after you beat them. You can, like, it might might be bm and i can see getting some criticism for it but like as long as you're not like calling into question who they actually are or like their personal stuff like i think it's mostly fair game like if it's like oh yeah busio saying china is like never going to be better than uh north america in terms of valorant or whatever he's not like saying china's a shit country or something or like being racist he's like no America is going to be a superior region in Valorant, and everyone's hating them. But I personally have been loving this EG villain arc. It's been mm-hmm. a lot of fun. I mean, yeah. has has Riot ever heard of Conor McGregor? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's yeah. a little bit extreme. Yeah. I have I have a bit of a split opinion on this because, on the one hand, I am firmly on the side that, in the interest of the sport, Riot needs to refrain from penalizing trash talking or discouraging it unless it really crosses a line and i think that you know one of the most the biggest examples that comes to mind where thankfully they didn't take action was when zoms said on twitter uh that uh, in response to something about brazil can't wait to beat your shit region again and a bunch of brazil uh, influencers were sobbing in tears begging john riot to uh you know penalize him somehow for uh being racist which no no absolutely not like that's just trash talk however i think it's also fair to based on your own personal you know preferences to say you know it's kind of fucked up when someone does something in game or with trash talk and personally you know i think it was it was messed up when uh demon one was shooting bodies against fucking fpx uh like do I think he should be penalized? Absolutely not. But like punching down, in my opinion, even if it's for something, even if it's something minor like that, I just think is in very poor taste. And, you know, I'm going to be very happy if Demon 1 gets humiliated in a big way at this tournament because, you know, he was being a dick. And I think that's great that there's that, you can make that decision because it's happening. 
I don't think it should be penalized, but I also think it's fine for people to be like, that's fucking dumb. So uh, like, I, I feel like pre-match and during match, totally cool. Go for it. It's good content. Post-match? It is good match, yeah. Yeah, like post-match is when you should show respect to, your, to the fellow competitors or whatever, is like yeah. the way that I see it. Mm-hmm. Is like I, I feel like yeah, it's in bad taste to come out of a game and in the post match interview, be like oh yeah, their team was dog shit. Like, I mean, I think them. yes, if you're punching down and you don't have a standing history with that team, yeah. Like if you're punching up, then hilarious. Yes, yeah, I agree. if you have agree. a standing rivalry with that team in which it is understood that like you like usually trade matches back and forth, then you can come out after like rolling somebody and say yeah, yeah, yeah you're yeah. dog shit, and <laughs> that's okay. Because yeah, that's like, just funny. Yeah. You know, people have the context. Yeah. Right. Right. And it would also be really funny if, like, a team who is, like, the serious underdog comes out, wins, like, wins, like, 2-1, all three maps going to OT or whatever, and then just in the post-conference interview, it just goes, like, yeah, GG, easy. And just walks yeah. off the stage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was never worried. Yeah. <laughs> like, that, that would be really funny. <laughs> just like, oh, yeah, easiest match of my life. Like... <laughs> I will say after beating football or footballist or whatever, uh, Demon One's interview was hilarious. Oh yeah, was like he's like, honestly, I don't give a fuck what you think about me or something. Yeah, yeah I didn't have, a, I did not have a problem with that. Um, yeah. Also, because I think Golden Boy is like incredibly cringe, and the way he asked that question was equally cringe. So the response given was perfect. Also, I like the response because he knows he's going to get fined over it, and he did oh, yeah. it anyway. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, yeah. "I don't mind paying two thousand dollars to say this. I'm going to do it." A little bit I of mean, a gamble. I, I he think... doesn't get like suspended or something for the rest of the tournament, yeah. given riots. It's because riots been so like yeah. wishy washy on what the rules are, right? But I, I, I kind of agree with Hunter here. Things on interview, like say, as they should, as they should. saying saying curses like in interviews. I think it's like pretty structured. I think based on like league stuff. Uh, like and all you, major sports you know have rules like that. You have fine, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's and fine. Like, like it's it's a part stuff. of the sport that people get fines for doing stuff like that, and that's like kind of a media thing too. And it increases yeah. hype around certain people because they're like, oh, you know, Max Verstappen was fined, you know, twenty thousand dollars for like swearing in an interview. And you're like, he's still oh, going to well. win every race this year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He doesn't matter because he's fucking 30 seconds ahead of second place. Mm-hmm. Um, or, uh, yeah. yeah, or maybe the greatest example, uh, I'm very biased, but maybe one of the greatest examples of fines in uh, post-match Both interviews. Or uh, fellatio coming up. What? Oh, actually, actually, this this is NFL, but not Baltimore. This was Marshawn Lynch for the uh, Seattle Seahawks, where oh, he I'm got. Just here so I don't get fined. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there were several yeah. times he got fined for not showing up. So then he did a whole press conference where he answered every question with "I'm just here, so I won't get fined," <laughs> which was incredible. <laughs> well, there's also the just in terms of like cursing and stuff. There's a great one at Shaq. Um, just like a, there was some reporter like on the floor with him, like talking to him and just like, oh, like. What's your opinion on this? And he, like, in his response, he probably said shit or something like that. Uh, and the reporter's like, whoa, whoa, whoa Shaq, like, we're, we're on live TV here. And he just looks straight at the camera, grabs the microphone, and says, I don't give a fuck. And he just walks <laughs> back onto the court. <laughs> That's <laughs> great. Oh, man. So that okay, was a so classic example Valorant. of, like, I'm going to get fined. 
Yeah. <laughs> we haven't even discussed yeah. the deciders yet. Yeah. We're just like leading up oh, to yeah. that. All right, look, here's the deal. I don't think there's too much discussion that needs to go into this. Billy Billy it's Gaming EDG and NRG and two. Yeah, EDG and NRG. Yeah, it's EDG and NRG. I'm with that. Like the EG EDG Giants gaming might be somewhat close. I think NRG is going to come out and roll Billy Billy here. Um, yeah. I think at a certain point, yeah, like Artis's job probably is on the line here with uh, especially Yang yeah. coming out and saying, he's like, hey, I'm fine taking league minimum contract. I just want to play in tier one. Yeah. It's like, you got to consider, like, if you play a symbol role that Ye does and you don't have a great end of the year, your yeah. job's probably under some scrutiny. People are, um, yeah. are going to be like, ooh, but there's this guy named Ye. Yeah, that's yeah. assuming that Ye. is... <laughs> I, I will say, that is based on the idea that Artis's contract is easy to get out of, which I have no idea if that's true. But given the lack well, of money in esports, if it's like financially difficult to get rid of artists, then that maybe gives them some job security. But I don't know about that part. Yeah. Well, but also, on the flip side, it's like you could just put artists on your bench that if you true. can't trade him or anything. And yeah. Ye said he'd take league minimum. Yeah. yeah so you that, go yeah, to Ye and true. say, hey, Ye, we're going to pay you league minimum. And artists, you're on the bench. It's yeah. like, sure, it'd be nice to get rid of that contract. But presumably, you're paying for that contract anyway. And anybody who you'd get as your sixth man, you have to pay league minimum regardless. Might as well be yay. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so I think we should probably talk about some of the results uh, from the groups. Yeah, let's, people have, let's have just go qualified. ahead and start with group A. Let's go through alphabetically, see what we think. So group A is yeah. PRX, Giants, Edward Gaming, and Crew Esports. Yeah, Crew, yep. uh, after a massive run, uh, a flop here in uh, in group stage. Unfortunately, but kind of to be expected. Um, yeah, maybe not think, against Giants. Maybe I think there was some hope that that they'd come out and and show something against Giants. But they were close, though. I mean, they took overtime one and ten thirteen the other, so it wasn't like Giants rolled them. It's just sad no. because you know I like the guys on Crew, and I would have loved to see them, you know, have the run continue into the playoffs. We needed more Sergio Aguero hype, uh, bring it in. Maybe you could fly in messy for champs. Know, <laughs> That's that what they needed. Like, that, that was like a tough... I don't know if any of you guys saw that post-match interview. But like, from Crew's side, it's just like... Somebody was pointing this out on Reddit saying that... Because um, I think Bala said that like, uh, the questions that they fielded from Reddit were just better questions than like any of the, like, the journalists there had. Um, but yeah, yeah, it just seemed like... I mean, Crew just went through like a whirlwind of a season going fucking 0-9 in the regular season. Like, winning out through LCQ to make it here, and then bombed out in groups. And they were getting asked, like, a bunch of, like, stupid questions. Yeah, yeah. people didn't, or, like, one of the interviewers didn't know, like, who the IGL was. Or, like, right. people thought he was on, like, the wrong, or they were, like, asking people, like, questions about people that, like, wasn't even them. Yeah, they said it was, was Klaus's like, IGL when it was actually Melzer for, like, the past year. Yeah, and it was, Cass, it was also Dryad who was talking about that because she is from, you know, the South America region and she felt like mm, it was okay. really uh, rude for the interviewer to be so poorly prepped to talk to crew about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, honestly, just like the magic kind of wore off. Like, I don't know if you guys have this thing where it's like you're working to something and like the pressure finally lifts and then like as soon as the pressure like finally lifts, you start like underperforming like 
Oh yeah. Like say mm-hmm. like you reach plat and you're like, whoo, reach plat. I'm cruising now. And then you just start playing way worse. Like I think that type of stuff can easily happen. It happens all the time where it's like Nope, definitely yes. not to me. Nope. <laughs> yeah, me, flat. in me being pretty uh, ADHD, I face that constantly, like a weekly basis in my personal life. So yes, I totally get that. Yeah, yeah, I think that could have happened to Crew. I mean, like they they had a good showing against Giants. Uh, maybe it's just me not wanting EU to succeed, but I was just like, yeah. come on, Crew. Well, I'm I'm an America's fan, obviously, so like I'll cheer for the America's teams, basically, like all the time. Like, I was cheering for Crew against Paper X, even though I love Paper X. Mostly, like, it was underdog factor and America's bias a little bit. Uh, wanted to see that happen. It was just kind of mm-hmm. sad that they yeah. came, or that they went out that way after such a magical run through LCQ. Uh, but gladly, or hopefully, Giants can make it out of the group. So there's uh, two EU teams that make it out. <laughs> Wait, not no. Fuck Giants. Hope, did you say hopefully, Blake? Hopefully? No, hopefully Edward wins. Hopefully oh, Edward okay. Wins. <laughs> you said that a little backwards there. Uh, yeah, maybe, I'm with maybe. you. I'm I, with you. EDG I, all the yeah. way. Yeah. yeah. Okay, good, good. I almost had to boot you out yeah, of the no, call. Like, well, I was saying, like, my anti-EU and I want Giants. That just doesn't make sense. So. Yeah, right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, good, good. I thought <laughs> you were, like, flipping the script at the end. Sleeper agent <laughs> for EU activating. Oh, no. Yeah. I think I want EDG to, to take the trophy. I, I, I that makes sense because Kang Kang is like and a chance. Yeah, because Kang Kang is everything you wish you were as the yeah. offer. Oh, dude, <laughs> which is not an makes, insult at all. <laughs> that guy yeah. makes the op look genuinely broken. Yeah, yeah, he's fucking good. Like he just does yeah. not miss up yeah. close, mid range, far jump peaks, pixel angles. Like dude just hits everything. It's disgusting. Yeah, I want to. Yeah. I think that I think one of the traits that makes him so good with it that he has a, he has a lot of aspects of it down pat. But I think one of the things that's most unique about him is I think he is legitimately the best at the world in the world at the specific timing at which the op is accurate after scoping in. The amount of quick scopes he gets with the op is just insane. It does not look like it should be possible. Also, like because he knows he's going to land the shot, like. The amount of like quote unquote idiotic retakes or repeaks he makes and mm-hmm. just gets kills, like it just feels like it just feels like he's not he's not playing proper Valorant quote unquote, but he's just so fast he can make it work. Yeah, and oh, it just yeah. feels so, like, unfair. It is like it is disrespect at the finest. Just being like, I'm repeaking this angle. I know you know I'm here, and your crosshair is going to be on my head. I'm just better than you. Yeah, I'm going to kill you anyway. Yeah. yeah. Which is exactly how Cass likes to play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he just unfortunately does not have the, the aim <laughs> or skill yeah. set of Kang Kang. So. Just get your reaction speed down by like 200 milliseconds and then, you know, easy. Yeah. Easy dub. You guys ever, like, a, do you know those, like, the one, like, I'm sure if you guys watch F, like, I know Chase knows what this is, but, boy, do you also watch F1? Uh, Yeah, I started getting into it. Okay, you know those, like, things where they're standing on like a platform and there are all these like lights that like flash up around them and they have to like reach out and tap them really quickly. Yeah. Like, also had, like arcades and stuff too. Okay. Where it's like I would love to try one of those. Yeah. You can like, probably go to cool. like a Dave and Busters and try one. Yeah. Like, like the dumbed down version of one. Yeah. That's, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, meant to, to actually test your, 
reaction right, time. Right. But, like I want to try on. I want to try one system. that's like actually designed to like test your reaction time or like. Yeah. I've seen it where they have these bars that drop. And so yeah. like, you'll be staring at like ten bars, and like they'll drop the bars, and you got to catch each bar before it hits the ground or whatever. Like, I think th- I think it'd be fun. Um, at, there's like a a science museum um, where I grew up, and one of their like mainstay, you know, things was uh, a bar that dropped, and you would have to grab it, mm-hmm. and it told you what your reaction time was based on where you grabbed the the bar. Like there were little markings on the bar, yeah, so yeah, you'd like yeah. take it and look at it and be like, oh, I was you know you know. 800 milliseconds or whatever you know mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. we used to do that with like a a yardstick in school but i feel like that's not a true or like a very that's fair test enough. yeah yeah because it's like yeah. oh okay like i can see like okay well obviously how far down i grab on this um because like you hold your fingers like right at the bottom of the yardstick yeah and then someone drops it and you see how quickly you you grab it once you notice that it's been dropped but like it, it, it's a little cheap in that, like, well, number one, my hand's right there, and I'm waiting, like, I know what the cue is. You're, like, you're waiting for the slightest cue. Whereas I think with when there are 8 to 12 bars around you, and you have to react to not only the fact that, like, okay, this bar here has been dropped, but then... Which bar is being dropped? Would, yeah. yeah, yeah, like, coordinate that with the rest of your body to account for, okay... It's not just that a bar is being dropped, it's that this bar is being dropped, and then I need to go and grab that. I feel like is way more of like an actual I don't know. It's it's like it's a little more challenging and I find that that's actually way better like training instead of just being like hyper focused on this one thing. Yeah, it's like reaction into action versus reaction into reflex, I guess. If mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, and so... along with that reflex comes pattern recognition because like one of the things about esports is that there's been this thing that people sometimes throw out, which is like, uh, you know, scientifically tested, like human reaction time is something insane, like 250 milliseconds. But that's if it's just like, how quickly can you react when a, like, how quickly can you like click or like press a button when a dot appears like, you know, on the screen. But like, that's a very unnatural test that like you can speed up your reaction time so much if like you're expecting a thing to happen a certain way. And then it happens the way you expect, uh, you know, like in a game where you're used to certain situations and a person's head appearing in a certain spot. Whereas with the dot, you just have no idea what's going to happen. And that, you know, just the way the human brain works, the pattern recognition, you know, builds that reflex and he improves your time hugely that way. Mm-hmm. But I guess doing that test is basically what opping is. <laughs> yeah, you know? a little bit. Yeah, yeah, a head appears on the screen or, or a body appears on the screen. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's why, like, proper crosshair placement is, like, super important, where it's, like, I just have to click the button versus I need to do, like, a specific action react to where they are and stuff like that. Uh, like, yeah, I'm sure you guys know of, like, the pop-in swing. Oh, <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> but it's, like, that kind of, like, throws you off, where it's, like, instead of clicking where it's, like, the right person, or, like, a sane person would stop <laughs> when they're peeking yeah. at an angle. You go past it, so they have to like adjust, but they're like trailing you while they're shooting, and they're just fucked. Yeah, I had a <laughs> so funny in a DM earlier today. I had someone pop and swing me so hard, I thought that I had lost internet connection, and he was just continuing on the same course because I was no longer <laughs> in the server. Uh, and I actually got the kill on it, but I was like, "What the heck?" <laughs> yeah, but we've well, anyways, gone champs. Yeah, well, we've yeah we've gone this long talking about Group A without mentioning. 
Paper Rex. There's something different about them this time versus the last <laughs> international. Oh, what could that Perhaps. be? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's interesting to me. You're because... a little more Russian in the server. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they've always uh, been Russian. Come on. Yeah. Um, I've been, you know, I was very excited to see the debut of something uh, on the international stage. And I will say that he's been kind of underwhelming versus the other, you know, top jets, top oppers. However, I don't, I'm not, you know, sounding alarm bells because Paper Rex has been winning reasonably handily. I mean, they're 4-0 in maps right now. And so, you know, a lot of times people step up to the plate when needed. And, you know, Jing's been popping off, Forsaken, Devi. If he doesn't need to pop off, I'm not worried if he's not. Uh, yeah. I, he's, he still had some big highlight moments, and I can't wait to see uh, PRX in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, that I agree. He play. hasn't been he hasn't been insane, but yeah, that that one clip, the the 4K on on Pearl mm. uh, in the EDG game is absolutely insane. Um, with <laughs> the updraft to heaven with the shorty kill, yeah, like you're like, oh, this is the something we've been missing for the last like three maps. Yeah, I, I was saying that Kang Kang is what Cass wishes he was uh, on the jet, and uh, something is what I wish I was on the jet. <laughs> uh, yeah. I have done literally yeah. that play in ranked games, uh, dashing up into heaven with updrafting. And you still don't think the shorty's broken? I'm curious. Well, well, actually, not with the shorty. I have not done it with the shorty. I haven't got that ballsy. So. Yeah, yeah, but that yeah. I sick. mean, Paper X, they they look really good. Uh, I don't think they look beating Fnatic good, but I don't think anyone looks beating Fnatic good. Uh, it's going to be a hard bar to clear to <laughs> to dethrone them. I hope so. But, I'm but I'm definitely on the PRX train for like for rooting for them for the event. So yeah. um that's nothing new, but I will say that um Fnatic uh along the lines of going back to the conspiracy theory a little bit. Uh Fnatic having facing two relative softballs in groups of Zeta and Billy Billy. Um they haven't been, you know, faced a real challenge so far since, you know, Tokyo. So I think there's a real Fnatic potential. Haven't faced a real challenge since locking. That that's completely incorrect. They 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 had some difficult. They lost. Maps. Yeah, the fucking that was... liquid. When half their team had COVID. Well, right, but like either way, I think there's a real they potential. Didn't do shit, strategically. I think there's a real potential for Fnatic to lose a step. And yeah, EG was close, like you said. I don't think Fnatic is unbeatable in the playoffs. I don't know. I don't... It's just like, uh, it just seems like Fnatic already has their name written on the trophy, and this is just like a formality at this point. I mean, I, it's, I it's possible it's... that they lose. Like, they could have an off day. It can happen. Yeah. But it just seems like Fnatic is head and shoulders the best team in the world right now. Yeah, there needs to be and some like, like antitrust laws going on trying to get those teams or those players off that team. Yeah. <laughs> it's a one team it's region. A monopoly. They've they yeah. monopolized like, the talent. Yeah. It's like you're not allowed to have Durka, Chronicle, Alpha, and Leo Boaster. Cut two of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, should we move like, on um, to Group B? Yeah. 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 Okay. Here uh, we go. I think this would be shorter, but yeah. Eg mm-hmm. Foot T One and FPX. Uh, EG has uh, paid off Riot in their effort to get more fans uh, to give themselves a free pass into playoffs and talk mad shit while facing the worst teams in the tournament. Honestly, uh, I think yeah. Foot's been looking pretty impressive. Like, I think maybe it's just because they looked, or 
I wasn't able to watch the Foot T one game today. Uh, I was away at something else and I couldn't watch it. But they dominated T one the first time, and like they have some really good players. Like I think Atta Captain was playing really well. Kiwi was doing all right, and Mister Fallen too. Like it was like. I think they could do some damage, but I mean, it's really funny that how stacked that, everything is in that yeah. particular series. You listed the three worst-rated players. Yeah, but <laughs> like against oh, sorry, you said against T one, not EG, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah my bad. Out of captain was actually popping off against T one. He did not have a great series against EG, but um, I know, I, I think he was he was good. He's fun to watch for sure. Yeah, his um, neon especially mm-hmm. goes hard. But, like, yeah, I don't know. I have a hard time seeing EU as not a one-team region. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with and you. They seem pretty good. I was definitely rooting for T1 today in the game. Um, yeah. And T1 had a couple of insane clutches that was, like, you know, bringing the hope yeah. back. But um, didn't end up working out. So, what's it? Qualified? Yeah. You know, yeah. If you're a foot guy, then you're a foot guy. <laughs> Yeah, T1, I feel like, is a lot like Liquid in, in which they are very much, uh, you know, one person and friends, Nats and friends, and Seiya player and friends. And in both cases, they have both serious performance issues in their teammates and also horrible strategic issues in their team as a whole. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it. sometimes it's kind of... Er, I, I also like T1 quite a bit. Uh, maybe it's because I... To watch a lot of League of Legends, and uh, if you know esports, you know probably one person named Faker, and he's probably like he's the goat of League of Legends, and he's just like Korean royalty, and he plays for T1, and he's won three world championships for him. So there's always like a soft spot for T1 for me. Uh, also, kind of like them because they're a bunch of like NA, <laughs> or, yeah, exactly. they're like they're a NA, NA team. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah they and have the Saya coach. player, uh, Ban and Zeta. Oh yeah, Ban. Uh, yeah, yeah, because Ban is uh, he played for T1 when they were in America, I think. Yeah, didn't he play for the Pittsburgh Knights or whatever? Oh, maybe that's what it was. Kansas but I mean, City. He... What was it? Wasn't it Kansas City something? I think it was Pittsburgh. No, it's Pittsburgh Knights. Uh, yeah, there's the Kansas, Kansas City, City Pioneers. Pioneers. Yeah. Oh, Pioneers. Pioneers. Yeah. 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 And, I think he played for the Knights. Well, yeah, and Blake, what you were saying about the you know them being royalty really shed some light because the whole trade of uh, you know Zeta to T1, my NA fans thought that that just seemed like the most bizarre thing ever. Like, why on earth would Zeta want that since it was his request? But then you know I found out what you said, which is that like T1 is like you know the holy grail and you know of that region, and so it's it's considered a great honor and super cool to play for them. And so that's why, you know, he's doing it, which, you know, good for him. He he, he yeah. had a pretty decent game against Foot, as far as I saw. Oh, so it's like being signed to Ferrari. You know, like, it's, it's really big, but, you know, it really means shit in the long run. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess. I, I don't watch F1, but I would love to pick yeah. it up someday. When's the last time Ferrari's been even half decent? Uh, they were cheating um a little while back <laughs> the, oh, oh, yeah yeah but no but like they didn't get caught so like no they got, they got caught but then they settled they just paid a fine yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. the houston so, astros no, no, of f1 no, no, it was but it was they it was paid close. for the right to do that oh yes uh, after the fact yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah surely that's how that works uh all right on to group c 
Um, Fanatic Energy, Billy Billy Gaming, uh, Zeta Division. I mean, we've um, talked quite a bit about this because this is one of them without a... Yeah, we've covered, like, all the teams the here decider. already. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Any other I, notes? I am disappointed with how Zeta went out. Like, Yeah. It it is it is really unlucky to face Fnatic and NRG. Like, yeah, those like, are the people that took you out. That's tough. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, yeah. What do I do? But is that going to be the same in any group? Kinda. Well, I mean, not really. Maybe not yeah. group B. No, because like, yeah. you look at Group A and Group B, and it's just like, ah. Yeah, the number two team in Group like, A and B is far worse yeah. than NRG or Fnatic. I would say. Right. Whereas, like, you look at you look at Group C and Group D. And you're just like, fuck me, dude. Like, if Wait, you're, you're one of those teams, you're just like, is... god damn it. I thought Group A was, like, pretty fucking hard to get out of for anyone not Paper X and Edward. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I... Oh, but, like, I, I can see, like, I mean, the Dragon's I think Edward B's the only realistic close. one. Like, I, I think if you're not the top team in each group, then you'd want to be in Group A or Group D. Being not the top team. Or being not the top team. Yeah. 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 Like, like, yeah, it's, it's just like, okay, like, yeah, you know, like, Paper Rex is really fucking good, but, like, but you know. we can sneak into second place here. Yeah, we yeah. can sneak into but second place. But also, EDG is fucking good, so. EDG, I yeah, think you, like, you want to yeah. be in Group B. Yeah, okay, obviously Group B <laughs> is just like the, ooh, okay, like, now we've got, like, a realistic, serious shot here. But, like, I, yeah. I think, you know, it's like, okay, like, EDG is, they had a, they had one pop-off tournament. The tournament that they were in before that, they didn't do so great, and, like, Sure, they've been playing well, but they're like, you know, they're a little untested. They might not have the experience. I mean, it's champions. Like, this is kind of a big deal. Like, you know, maybe they get a little flustered. I don't know. They just don't have... It's not like you're fucking going up against Fnatic and NRG. Yeah, I've seen this on Reddit that, like, this isn't the first time Zeta has been in just a rough group. It's happened, like, twice before. And people were arguing... They were against Loud and Optic. Right, right. So, like, people have been saying, like, at what point do you continue to give them free passes in terms of, like, oh, they would have done better in a different group, and at what point do you say, well, at some point you have to step up? And I I think I can see either way, because they did get rolled by NRG on Haven. Like, they were, you know, they got beat worse than anyone has gotten beat on that map so far in this this group. So, you know, they definitely didn't look good. Um, Would they have beaten Edward Gaming or Foot? I don't know. But it, it still is rough for them to not have a chance to be in playoffs for the fans. Yeah, yeah, players. especially similar to Crew after going on a run to like make it in. They weren't the favorite to Go make it out of LCQ. Run. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. People oh, were saying Sideshow was just early. He he meant yeah. champs. Yeah. Yeah. The 0-9 team is gonna win champs. That's what he meant to say. <laughs> yeah. Just, you know. Yeah. Um, so on well, to one thing before we uh, step away from Zeta Division. Uh, in Pacific in general, like, like we can fairly say that EU is a one-team region in terms of, like, actual championship contenders. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I think, like, Asia or Pacific, I think, is, like, kind of the a real... team region. They're a two-team region, but then, like, the drop-off is, like, so much worse compared to, yeah. like... Maybe it's not worse from, like, Fnatic to others, because Fnatic is just so high up there right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, like... The general strength of, like, European teams is, like, way higher than Pacific teams, in my opinion. Like, Yeah. So it's just kind of a weird yeah. well, I think thing, a lot of I that, think it's unfortunate. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of that just has to do with the fact that, like, TAC FPS it, 
attack FPS is just not a popular genre in Asia. Um, and so, like, like potentially over time, that like that will change. Obviously, okay. if they had a team popping off, that would probably help. Like, if DRX goes through and wins the the champions trophy, that would probably help generate interest. But um, there was some I can't remember who was talking about this, but there was some like really famous, I want to say streamer, who was going over this and kind of going over the fact that. In Korea and Japan, specifically, Valorant is seen as a spectator sport. Mm-hmm. Like, there are a lot of people who tune in and watch the games and very much enjoy watching Valorant being played, but, but don't, don't play ever it. play yeah. the game themselves. I think Which... we literally had this discussion last podcast that I was yeah, on. Because I, so. I think we talked about uh, a lot of, for Japanese, is that, like, consoles are extremely prolific there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Korea, on the other hand, I think, I think League of Legends is so dominant, and then like Overwatch was also draining a lot of like the FPS players for a long time. Mm-hmm. F- uh, Overwatch League is dying now, so maybe some of those people move over and try Valorant. Yeah, uh, but it's it's kind of weird, and I think maybe with like if DRX won an event, maybe that would like bring up uh, the tides. But I I do think the Japanese player pool is pretty low to to tap into, mm-hmm. versus like America like even though like there's a bunch of tier two issues right now, like there's so many teams that are like hung or there's so many players that are hungry for a spot, but I don't know if that's like nearly as deep in those regions, which obviously limits uh, development for future players and maybe right. Uh, just like rising stars. Yeah, because like you look at NA, say somebody gets like a debilitating hand injury. Right? Okay. Like someone just can't play. Like there are plenty of people that you could find to fill that spot on any given I'm, tier one team. I'm sure you can say the same in the other regions. <laughs> That's well. a very weird analogy to me. Yeah, yeah because just... well, you need you need one person, but like yeah. sure, I'm saying, there's like... at least 20 people in every region. Yeah. The optic facility that. gets yeah. nuked and yeah. the energy <laughs> is gone because they are using optics facility for some reason. Um... <laughs> but what's, yeah. I think the guard actually borrowed optics facility for, yeah. for yeah. boot camping. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, I think they reached out to Hex and were like, yo, yeah, you're clearly not using this. Can we? <laughs> mm-hmm. I think it was for, like, ping advantage because they were all stationed in L.A. because they just divined that they were going to win Ascension. So they were just <laughs> prepping for next year. Yeah. But the yeah. ping wasn't as good for, uh, like, the online matches for Tier yeah. 2. So they were like, let's go to Dallas where it's God Internet, mm-hmm. apparently. Yo, what what is up with... Like, do they play on Texas servers when they're online? Is that just like yeah, a they set must. thing? They usually play Texas or Illy, Illinois. So okay, uh, yeah. Premier, that Premier is not the same. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, all the Premier games like, on Oregon. Yeah, like I don't mind being on Oregon. That's great for me. But then we have Hunter and Alex playing on like ninety ping. <laughs> yeah, at <laughs> least they're... Hunter was over a hundred ping in our last game. Yeah, I mean, the the real, to be honest, I would be okay with that. The problem is our star player, Alex, being over, uh, you know, uh, 60 ping. That's the real problem there. I can be over 100 ping, who cares? 60 ping is where I set the threshold, especially because I like shotguns. Yeah, but, like, I I don't think a shotgun necessarily helps all that much with the ping. Like, the problem is, 
like when you're looking at, as Hunter was saying, we're talking about reaction time here, like yeah. 250 milliseconds, if we're going to call that average, well, we play video games that rely on having a good reaction time. So let's say ours is a little bit better. We're looking at 200. Like 60 ping to like 20 ping, like that 40 ping actually makes a difference when you're trying to hold an angle and you're expecting somebody to swing into that angle and therefore you're ready for it. It's not even just like a shot in the dark of like, oh, maybe they're going to be here. Like, like I, I, I find that like anything over 60 ping and I really do not enjoy offing because I find it super fucking frustrating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then so, you have to toss speaker's advantage into that. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, group D, group D. <laughs> group D, the group of death or the group of disappointment? Um, Chase it did was, not disappoint. Yeah, yeah. Chase was hot taking that they all are disappointing and we can't tell. I disagree. I think it was the group of death. Uh, yeah, see, I was saying it's the group of death when you look at it as a little, like, microcosm of of disappointing teams playing each other. But... In the grander, like in the grander scale, you know, any one of these teams could have stepped up and be and like go really deep in this tournament. That yeah. is a given from the beginning. So maybe DRX is really good right now, mm-hmm. and they've stepped up and they're going to do well. I have no idea because they've played other somewhat disappointing teams only. And so, do you know if a bunch of dog shit teams are playing each other, someone's going to look better? Yeah, I think that's some cap there, Chase. Because the thing is, they passed the all of the teams except for Liquid, which legitimately did disappoint. They pass the eye test, both strategically and in terms of individual performances. There have been a lot of great things out of these teams, which I just simply can't sure, say. But against, against teams that also have the ability to disappoint. Well, but there's Why so not? much talent and, like, you know, mass, like, you know smartness <laughs> distributed amongst know, the you... group that even, even in a reduced situation, I think, they've, I think uh, DRX, Loud, and Navi proved that they are in good form. Even oh, if it, it, it like even against slightly reduced opponents, if you want to posit that. Yeah, do you want to put Fnatic in here just to see? Like, is that just like the the comparison level? We're what? about to do that in in playoffs. Yeah, so I'm yeah, saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna get there. You we'll can't tell right. how good DRX and Loud are right now because they're the ones who qualified sure. until they play in playoffs. And if they both bomb out because they're not in good form, then th- you can look back and be like, "Wow, the." Uh, they were really just looking good because they were playing against, you know, not super great opponents. And if they do great, then you can be like, wow, they really popped off in groups too. But like, I don't think that the group really tells us anything about that. It's really playoffs that we're going to find out. I don't out. think the group really I, tells us anything about any of these teams. I, I think that's, that's what I'm saying. You know, I think that's a weird way to no, look no, at I'm it. I'm saying that's for all groups. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I'm with like, for I, literally every single group here is just yeah. like, ah, oh, well, like I don't know if PRX is actually looking good. Well, I mean, I think a big part of it is that Valorant is, like many sports, but some more than others, very matchup dependent as well. So, like, I think it's possible that DRX and Loud, you know, bomb out of playoffs uh, because they face, you know, they underperform in one game and then they face a team that is really well, you know, built to counter them. But, like, you know, do I think that means that, you know, they were uh, just, you know, frauds? No, I I think it's fair to be able to assess a team and be like, as long as they have some decent competition. Like, EG, I don't think you can get any read on, given the absolute garbage that they faced. I guess, t- <laughs> like, foot, maybe, you know, somewhat average. FPX, not good at all. But, like, DRX and Loud and Navi, even if you say they're all underperforming slightly, you know, the amount of good attributes shown in those teams, I think is significant, even if, 
you know, you don't have a judge on how good they are versus Fnatic because, like, who does at this point? I'm not okay. saying they're going to go on a run. I'm just saying that I think they all prove something within the, their group play. Well, and I think we were talking about how shit Liquid was. Yeah. Like, holy fuck. I mean, Nats did well, I guess. But, like, yeah. it was literally Nats and friends. Fuck. Like, yeah. Actually, Nats didn't do too well, too well against Loud. Um,. Yeah, that it was team pretty disappointing. Bad. That team looked really bad. Yeah, and like, yeah. I've never seen... I had more faith in Safe. Safe is yeah. insane, but I thought he would do better. But You look at their he... individual Yeah, like, he, he left a cry in the middle of the match. <laughs> Sorry, that's mean. I don't know why he left, but there was a tech pause where he was just missing from his seat, and then he came back later. No idea what that was about. I um, mean, you know all the names, right? And it's because they've yeah. been on really good teams in the past. But like... You know, it's just not it's not working out for Who's some the IGL reason. For this team, Redgar, Redgar, who seemed like a decent IGL on Gambit. To be fair, yeah, um, that was like five metas ago. Sure, sure, um, but it's not working here, and it really, especially in the game against Loud, it was like the Reddit, the Valorant copy pasta of like X is a good team. They just need to work on aim, you know, map control rotations eco-management strategy, you know, you just list everything. <laughs> like, that was very much Team Liquid. Like, I've never seen someone get done as dirty as um, Yampi was in one round where he was peeking someone top ropes on split. And the they, like, froze frame the two POVs of him versus the loud player he was going against, and the loud person was pre-aimed correctly. Yampi was just looking, like, at the floor. Like, actually, like, a bronze player who is new to the game and doesn't know where to pre-aim. And it's, like, in ropes. There's not a lot of different places to look. Like, it was just incredibly sloppy on an individual and, like, team level for loud, for Liquid. Like, the amount of time... he was trying to silent drop. That's the only thing I could He wasn't see, close maybe. enough to silent drop. Like, he was, like, uh -huh. going through the door. Like, it, it was inexcusable. Unless he was just thinking oh, okay. about silent dropping, like, ten feet in the future. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. But, yeah, like... And the big thing as well with that, with the game on Split against Loud that I'm thinking of in particular... Yeah, that's the second game. The number of times when uh, Liquid w did the, you know, worst version of the old FPX strat of just burning time, then hitting a site late, but they only left themselves, like, less than 20 seconds and just couldn't get the plant down, it was maddening to watch. Like, it was actually really, like, rage-inducing to watch as, like, a somewhat, not neutral, mm -hmm. I was rooting for loud, but, like, <laughs> as a fan who didn't really care about Liquid one way or the other, it was like, what the hell are you doing? I know, like, at a certain point, I think you're going to blow a team up. Yeah. And I think this might be one of them. Yeah. Yeah, this is one of those uh, cases where the sum of the parts is less than the individuals. Yeah. Yeah. I do want to talk overall about, uh, like, some of these other teams, like Loud and Navi and DRX. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of looking at their uh, their Tokyo things, which is, like, I think where we got this underperforming narrative through you know like because that was like the last time we saw a majority of these teams really so uh let's see navi for example they lost to nrg and edward gaming and at the time like it seemed inexcusable that you lose to edward gaming but now we know or we have more information that like edg is pretty fucking legit so 
it's disappointing and you don't think a team of that caliber should lose, but you're losing against some pretty fucking tough opponents. Yeah. And yeah, but you, it's not like saying, oh, they lost to, you know, Paper X and Fnatic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, or, or EG like, and Fnatic. Like, it's like, you know, it, it's not saying, oh, they lost to the top two, like the people who came in first and second at the tournament. Like, that's that's like, an, oh, okay, well, you know, maybe they're the third best team. This is like, oh, but maybe they're like the sixth best team. Like, who the fuck cares? Yeah. That's an underperformance, right? Yeah, but like, I don't know. Like, and like, even with this tournament, like, ah, you lost to Group RX and Loud. It's just like, I, like I'm not looking at Navi and being like, all right, blow it up. Yeah. Yeah. No, and then, like, I'm looking at DRX too. Like in Tokyo, they they lost to EG in groups. And at first, we didn't know how good EG was because they mm-hmm. just were on a fucking heater. It was ridiculous, Tokyo, where they would like won like every pistol for like so long and like won. 75% of their bonuses. Yeah. That was just like ridiculous shit. But in uh in playoffs for uh Tokyo where DRX uh was knocked out, they lost to Paper X, which is certainly understandable because Paper X is just fucking insane. I will give the caveat with uh cigarettes. It but seems they still got third in the tournament though, so like yeah, I mean, yeah, they were yeah, still yeah. playing. All right, really yeah, good. they had a sub in, but like, also they just fucking dumpstered everyone too with the sub. Like, they're just that yeah. good. Yeah, and then they lost to NRG, and like, maybe like NRG stocks aren't as high because like stuff isn't hasn't looked pretty for them. But I mean, they're still doing really well, and it's like I, I feel like if I was even fanatic, it's like I'm still going to be a little bit scared of NRG with finesse Giga Brain, like. NRG is still an insanely good team. And then Loud obviously lost to EG and uh, EDG. EDG one, I think, is more inexcusable for a team like of Loud's caliber for what we thought they were. Uh, but it's just kind of weird. It's hard in general. Yeah, like, you know, I really like Na'Vi, but, you know, it's also fair to acknowledge there are some significant flaws Mm -hmm. as well. Like, I'm very torn between whether changes are needed or not. Because, like, on the one hand, you know, Xiao has been very good in the past, but I think really underperformed at this tournament. Um, Angel is, you know, the biggest hard-to-figure-out person because, like, he has times when he pops off as a player and times when he feeds the uh, enemy team ult points. He has times when his calls seem really good and times when they seem like he's never played Valorant before. Like, honestly, I think the pro player that I'm most like is Angel <laughs> for those exact reasons. <laughs> um, I, I, I personally think you give him another season with the same roster, but, you know, it's it's a little tough to tell. I am sad they're out because I love watching them play. The only thing I could see is, like, I think CNED's an insane player, but I think they might need a more flexible player than Charles Neddington. Yeah. Like, also, I love the fact that they actually called is him that Charles. His name? No, 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 it is not. Not at all. What the fuck does that come from? It's like a T-head? meme because people were just oh. like suggesting that's what it was. Well, it's, for. it's a thing like where people are like, they'll just like separate the name and then like make a real-ish sounding name from it. Okay. Off of it. Like for Steel, for example, like people like call him like Stephen Eel, uh, <laughs> or like people call yeah, FNS because, fetus. Oh, you're, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's the whole joke that your tag must come from your actual name. 
Mm, yeah. Right. Okay. Like what? And then if it doesn't come from your actual name, then what does it come from? You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. CNET it is literally like donk backwards, um, <laughs> which is his brother's tag. Hmm. Dank, so, you mean? Yeah. Dank, donk, yeah. whatever, however you want to pronounce it, but it's, you know, CNET backwards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's... It, um. Yeah, I love the fact that on the broadcast, after he made a great play, they actually called him Charles Nettington today. Like, I'm being fully aware of the meme, I'm sure, but, like, yeah. it was so funny to hear that. Um, yeah. One of the rare good moments from Doug and Bala, who in general I think are a garbage casting duo. Sorry, Doug and Bala, if you're listening to this, but I cannot stand them normally. But that was really funny. Um, get ready to get them both in your DMs. Valorant podcast. No, we've yeah. established no one from Plot Chat has heard our podcast because they specifically talk shit about our podcast without knowing it existed. Yeah. To be fair, I have much more problems with Doug than yeah, Bala because Doug will talk in a breathless voice. Like one team will win four rounds, and he'll be like, "How on earth will the other team recover from this?" Like <laughs> X player is dominating. How on earth do you stop him? And, like, it happens every game multiple times. It's like, Jesus Christ, dude. Either say nothing or say something a little bit more uh, insightful than that. Um, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah. I was going to say something else about Navi, and I completely lost the plot. Mm. Oh, yeah, C-Ned. Uh, I would have said after Tokyo, he seemed like a bit of a weak spot. But honestly, I feel like he had a really good tournament. So I'm not even sure if changing him is the right move. But the flexibility would be nice if you could find someone who was, yeah, you know, I th- good. I think having, flexible. like... He's an insane aimer. I don't think anyone can take that away from him, uh, unless, uh, you know, Cass, you want to go for the Navi spot. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Just, just challenge CNET and <laughs> Haven C Long. Yeah, Haven C Long. Haven C Long. You know, they could lean the opposite direction of flexibility and go ahead and have a uh, Navi Kotaro. Uh, just have a Reina insta. Yeah, have a Reina insta. Yes, which yeah. would kind of fit with Navi, like- honestly. Who yeah. can kind of do Omen if you really need. Or Sky but, if you also really yeah. need. Yeah. What I don't get is, like, just give people what, like, just give people the auspice treatment that, that like, that Loud gave them during the regular season. Like, just, just, get, get just, play, get just play Jet. Even, even if it's not the optimal for the team comp. Oh, like, maybe if, like, oh, well, like... Raze is technically better on this map because the nade clears this, this, and that out as they're pushing onto site. It's like, motherfucker, just go kill. Your aim is that good. Just go do it. That just might be, like, antagonistic to how Angel and Doombros like to structure a team, which is, like, why yeah. I'm saying, like, if I'm saying, like, kick yeah. CNET, I'm not saying CNET should not be on an EMEA team. Mm-hmm. I'm saying maybe he doesn't fit. That's, like... right. That's more what I'm saying in terms of because you need everyone to work in tandem, and I think like NRG may not have like always worked out for them, but like artist seems way more comfortable in flexing to other roles than Yay did in the past, and maybe yeah. that's hurt them in some instances. But maybe it's like it frees Finesse and Chet to to do more stuff. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But like, I think if you looked at a team like the old or like old Optic, right, having like, having Victor being totally willing to be a sacrificial lamb um, and also have the flexibility to look good on a variety of different agents was, like, a partial, or, like, a good amount of what led to their success because you can have, you can have this one player who your entire job is just, just is just to kill everybody. 
and we're going to set you up as best as we possibly can, and we know you're good enough to get it done. Um, yeah, I'm saying that like, just might not mesh with how Angel and Doom Bros like Yeah, to no, like, I, I totally understand that, but, like, you know, at least for the context of this given year, like, if that's the team, this is the team you're working with, right? Now, obviously, going yeah. into next year, they can do whatever they want, but, like, yeah, I don't know. I, like, at a certain point, you got to look at it and be like, okay, well, this person on our team clearly has this one strength, which is which they're really, really fucking good at. And we tried to get them to flex off and be more flexible with their agent pool, and like they didn't have like I don't think anybody's gonna look back at this year and was like, oh well, Navi actually had like a really good year or whatever. Like it, yeah. it hasn't like it's not like it worked early on in the year, and then they kind of fell off later as it went. It's, like, at a certain point, like, okay, like, maybe if this isn't how Doom Bros and Angel want to call, but, like, this is the team you're working with. There's a roster lock in place. Yeah, it's the hand you're dealt. Yeah, like, might as yeah. well give it a shot. Mm-hmm. Like, even if it's an outside one, you know? Yeah, three players that I think would be very interesting to replace CNED that uh, absolutely won't would be uh, Scream if he gives up trying to IGL because he actually does have a good bit of agent flexibility. Um, Asuna, because Does I'd love know? to see him. Yeah, he plays KO, Phoenix, Jet. Uh, I, I don't mean, know if he plays Rays. Do you want him on anyone besides Jet? Do you want Jet, him though? on anyone else? Yeah, like, on Phoenix. You well, want him on Phoenix may, for sure. Maybe, yeah, goes maybe off if on he's Phoenix. not IGLing, you can have him on any of those. Right? Yeah, yeah, I'm. Yeah, he. I think when he's yeah, if he's not IGLing, I think he could do good at any of the agents. No, did played. you see the? I think Alex posted this in the in the drunk foul server, but like, there's literally a clip of um, who was it? I think Redgar. Dying because yeah, Scream's Molly um, missed so bad that he yeah, was Scream missed his Molly so bad. Yeah. Redguard's looking up at the roof that there's a Molly on, just being like, "What the actual fuck?" As yeah. someone then peeks through the angle he was supposed to be holding. <laughs> well, that's yeah. also Scream IGL. chat made like a short where yeah, uh, Sideshow was just laughing his ass off while he was <laughs> yeah. like commentating about the play, <laughs> mm -hmm. and it, it was just like, fucking hilarious. And, like, there are so many situations in which you'd see Scream's KO being in, like, whatever situation it is in. He's got full fucking util. Not once does he think to use it. He just dry peaks an angle with the sheriff. I think a lot of that is him, you know, thinking about IGLing and not thinking about the game. Because he doesn't, like, dry peak as Phoenix and not Flash. And he could do the same thing in KO. Um, it's like, then don't IGL, motherfucker. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not arguing Scream should IGL. I'm arguing that he should not IGL and play Duelist on Navi. It would be interesting. I my joke timing. Uh, yeah, go ahead. I go was going to suggest Scream to be the new IGL for TL. <laughs> <laughs> you know, let's As run it back, is, baby. Run it back. It works so Bring well. Bring Sliggy back in. <laughs> Sliggy's hair's going to go gray even faster. Oh. I don't think he has gray hair, but you know, it was yeah. constant scream IG yelling. I think that's a, it's an easy way. Like, I wonder what's more stressful: trying to like contain scream as an IGL or being president of the United States. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know if you've seen those like uh, time lapse things where it's like Obama like pre presidency oh, and yeah. him yeah, post, yeah. where it's yeah. like he looks fucking haggard in comparison. Yeah. I mean, it is eight years, but like. Eight years to do that to a motherfucker without extreme <laughs> stress. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, I feel you know, like six that, months I, with Scream. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Blaine. I feel like that situation would be like one of those where it's like, oh, surely right now it can't get any worse, right? And then Scream comes in. It's like, oh, it could get worse. <laughs> now we know. Um, so I have Scream. Um, Asuna from Hundred Thieves because I just love to see him get to be a primary duelist again. I think that while he does a good job of filling on flex, it's just not his strength. Um, and then the third one I'll throw out there is a, a little bit of a wacky one. Uh, Tui's from Loud. You know, Loud's going to get blown up likely at the end of the year. And Tui's was actually a duelist main on his previous Brazilian team before he signed with Loud. And we've got to see him opping really well at times in this tournament. So uh, Navi Tui's as primary duelist. Uh, that would be very interesting. Interesting. I mean, yeah. I'd like to see Austin to go in and frag, but the thing is, he he just doesn't play Jet, I don't think. Right, He's right. He's not yeah. a Jet player at all. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, Angel, like, I know he loves Yoru a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Probably to his detriment, but... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. They didn't play, bet... run Yoru, and they didn't qualify for playoffs. Who's to True. say Yoru might have, you know, saved the day there? Yeah. Who the fuck uh, did run Yoru and qualify for playoffs? Uh, all of the teams who didn't qualify didn't run Yoru. I think that's a very clear statistical uh, <laughs> example. Who qualified also didn't run Yoru. I'm no, cutting no, that no, out no. of the pot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you don't get to talk about that one. Yeah, yeah. Hunter is now cutting casts from the permanent roster. I will gladly <laughs> take this spot. <laughs> Need to get my jet skills up real quick, though. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Also, like, yeah, no, just the whole Hundred Thieves team at a certain point, like... Get like I, obviously, initiator. like, everybody views Austin as being, like, a good player, right? Yeah. But he's been kind of stagnant and just, like, I don't know, it seems like he's been... Well, yeah, so is 10s, but, you know, it's you gotta heck and love 10s, so... Yeah. I mean... You, you heck and love Austin I will, as well. I will admit that Austin's performance over the last year and a half has been, you know, not all that great. But he's also mm-hmm. been a part of some very dysfunctional teams and forced onto, you know, a bunch of different roles. So yeah. is it possible that he's just lost a step and, you know, is behind the competition? Yes, sure. But I, I would love to see him given a, a real chance to be on yeah. agents that he shines Sure, on. granted. Yeah. I know. Also, like, when you look at, like, I, I think it is, like, a little bit unfortunate that, like, it does seem like his best agent is Rays. Yeah. Yeah. And he is a really good Rays player. And then, you know, Raze is good, but you're not going to play Raze on all the maps. Right, right. Like, it's not like Raze is in the same tier that Chamber used to be in. And that yeah. Jet is arguably in. And Killjoy is arguably in. Like, like it, it's not like Raze isn't even an agent that you can realistically be like, we can make this work on all the maps. Well, I, th- I think the real problem is that they're, you know, the other player who plays Duelist on 100 Thieves, being, you know, Cryo, has a very limited agent pool. So, like, there's no real potential for, like, you know, Asuna to single Duelist raise and Cryo to fill KO. However, the other way absolutely works because mm-hmm. Asuna is willing to go KO for Cryo to go Jet. Um, yeah. And then 100 Thieves was trying, like, oh, let's have the Omen op, which is, uh, you know, a. Uh, trendy idea that just doesn't work all that well uh, i love how we've moved on to discussing group e here <laughs> teams that didn't even make it to it teams that didn't make it. yeah um okay, I mean, uh i can yeah. kind of do the rundown for potential matchups uh for Wait, before, we, before we do that who's your pick for a cinderella run here 
<clears throat> Cinderella run? Because it, it's happened pretty much every tournament so far. And I guess in Tokyo you had EVG and EG kind of go on a bit of a Cinderella run. EG more so. But somebody's going to do it. Is Loud considered a Cinderella pick at this point? I would argue. I would argue no. Well, okay. Then what are your options for for Cinderella pick? Your that, options yeah, that's the are, hard thing about it. It's like foot. Uh, <laughs> like foot would be the only the option, I guess. You know, I honestly went on a run before. Yeah, honestly, I would say uh, EDG definitely Giants if they somehow beat EDG. Uh, foot or DRX would be my Cinderella one pick uh, options. Just because I think all yeah, three but of DRX beat loud. Yeah, and I, I would say DRX <laughs> of those would be the one I would pick. Because DRX did beat loud, but like they have continuously, you know, failed to impress at playoffs and they, you know, came into this tournament with a bunch of uncertainty. So no one yeah. really thinks they're gonna do all that much. But I think given their performance in groups of, you know, beating loud and beating Navi, who I think are both solid showed themselves to be solid teams, I, I think DRX have more of a shot than people give them credit for to make a deep run. I would say DRX or Loud would be considered slightly above a Cinderella run, but basically the same thing in what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, know, that's I the problem all... with these playoffs. Like, I'm I'm just looking at it, and I'm like, this top yeah. eight is going to be so fucking deadly. Like, yeah. yeah. Outside of, like, outside of Fnatic, it's like, I it's hard for me to call anything in this, like, these pickums are going to be horribly wrong. <laughs> I mean, I think the only yeah. hot take would be saying that Foot's going to make it like wide. They're like the odd yeah. man out for sure. Yeah, Foot definitely is the odd man out. Yeah, Foot yeah. winning is going to be a crazy value bet. <laughs> like uh, winning the I whole would also thing. say like if you called whoever goes up against Fnatic in round one makes it through to the end of losers, like I'd, I'd call that a Cinderella run. Okay, so the options yeah. for Fnatic's first round would be EDG, Foot, Loud and probably NRG and probably yeah. EDG. I don't think they can go up against NRG because yeah. they can't. Also, the you know, also oh, yeah. I, I realized I was being a little silly. Like when I first looked at this, I just looked at Giants in the two position in Group A, forgetting about the game coming up. Like I think EDG also is is fine to consider for a Cinderella run, just because you know they had a hot tournament last time, but there's still a lot of questions about their long term sustainability. So. um I think EDG would be a very valid choice in addition to DRX for a Cinderella run, both in terms of, like, would it be considered one, and do I think it could happen? I think it could in both games. I I honestly just think, like, the only team that I can see really going far with, like, their expectations being lower is Loud. Uh, DRX, maybe, but, like, I don't know, like, exactly how this... Uh, just looking back... This Navi DRX game and none of like their yeah. their games weren't that convincing and I think teams of like slightly higher caliber or like slightly more in form could just maybe I just don't think they will stand up to them and also like DRX is uh, Group RX because if they're bringing in new stuff lots of times it gets fleshed out and shown which makes it way easier to counter because mm -hmm. they're like famously or Korean style Valorant is famously very structured and they can't mid round for shit. Yeah. Very exec heavy. I also find though that like DRX is never like, I don't, it seems like in a lot of the games, like they like, they play to the level of their opponents almost. 
Like, yeah. it, it seems like they very rarely go out and just absolutely fucking smash a team. But oftentimes, they're just consistently a little bit better. Yeah. So. Yeah, I will say, that, back to the idea of Edward Gaming for Cinderella Run, though. One of the things that's impressed me most about them is that, you know, coming into lock-in, I was hearing all this stuff about Kang Kang, and, you know, there were some... Some real hot takes of EDG just running the table, uh, running the tables and just, you know, dominating lock-in before it happened. And obviously that didn't occur, but everyone was impressed with Kang Kang in, at lock-in. And then at Tokyo, um, you know, Smoggy all of a sudden also stepped up and it was like, holy shit, he's actually like a really good Sentinel player. Like, you know, he, he can aim. He has good decision-making. And then for me, even though they've been a bit inconsistent, nobody and Chichu have had some huge moments so far in this group stage. So, like, I'm starting to look at EDG as not Kang Kang and friends, but as a really complete team. And that's why I think they, they have some potential to, to challenge for those upper spots in the playoffs, even though I don't know for sure it will happen. I just don't know if they're actually, like, they might be complete in terms of, like, player caliber. I don't know if they're complete in terms of fleshed-out strategy-wise. And I know, like, there's the That's famous fair. Blackjack clip where it's like, <laughs> Valorant's an FPS game. You shoot him in the head. Yeah. But, like, there's a point at which that fails. Because if people can shoot you just as good, that's when strategy starts coming in. And yeah, I think... If you always get yours and everybody on your team always gets theirs, then, like, you win. Well, what what happens when you face against uh, Alphair, who always gets his, and Leo, who always gets his, and Durka, who always gets his... <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, if you, if you always get yours and they always get theirs, then <laughs> well, I, I would also I would also say that if well, if you're getting strat diff, if you're getting strat diff to a certain extent, aim can't really compensate for it. Like if you're Kang Kang and you're just getting utility barraged off an angle, and your team is doing nothing to support you or nothing effective to support you, you know, uh, there's only uh, there's only so much you can do. You do you do run into the limitations of the op, as uh, oh, broken okay. as he makes it seem. I run into that situation every game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I yeah, believe no that. No fucking sure. smoke support. Fucking Hunter blinding me every three. You, how often does your fucking flash come up? 35 seconds? Uh, something like that, yeah. That's probably the time frame that I go between not being flashed. Is You mean so that's the time to cycle a bolt? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Roughly I was not paying attention at all during this. I was so spaced out. One of the cats that I'm looking after uh, dragged a toy from, like, back, like, across my basement into their litter box, and I was just, like, in awe of that happening. I'm it sorry. was funny. I, I saw that Wacky. going on behind you the entire time. <laughs> yeah, I didn't notice to the litter box, but I saw a cat doing something in the back. Yeah, yeah, no, I, yeah, I saw the cat walking back and forth. the, like, ropey string thing with him the entire way. Yeah, yeah I was like, what the hell? <laughs> but you can oh, see wow. why, like, I'm in awe, like, the ending part being in the litter box. Well, yeah, it's just like, you know, when you, you gotta go to the like to the shitter and you take your phone, you do a crossword. You yeah. gotta have something to do, you know? Yeah, like back home I used to keep a bookshelf above my toilet. Yeah. That's pretty classic. Yep. There's okay. only like there's a limited number of times you can read a fucking shampoo bottle, you know? Yeah, this is true. true. Yeah. Well do we want to bring this home by each of us saying who we want to win champs and who we think will win champs? Yeah. 
Sure, go ahead. Uh, Blake, you want to kick us off as the guest? Okay, I think Fnatic's going to win. Oh man, who could have seen this one coming? Mm. Uh, the uh, the odds-on favorite, I think they're going to win. For as who I want to win, I think I want EG Villainark to just go full on and take it <laughs> take it home. I, I mean, I, I do love NRG too, but... I want to hear uh, Bustio screech <laughs> when he's winning. <laughs> That's funny. All right, Hunter, who you got? Okay, I want PRX to win. Shocking, I know. Um, I think Loud will win. I- I'm going to hot take a little bit and say that, you know, going into this <laughs> tournament. Yeah, that's a, lot, that's a hot no, take. Going that's into this tournament, I thought, you know, maybe they're falling to pieces. Maybe they're just crumbling at the seams. But they've shown... I think some really cool stuff and an ability to just be like flexible and just balls to the wall in a way that maybe they haven't before. And I think this is going to be the last hurrah. Maybe the team is fracturing, but they're together now and they're going to give it one last go before it all goes to shit and win the tournament. I don't know if Sinos missed some shots. That's that's okay when Sadok is taking those initial peaks and popping heads. When Tuiz is picking up any op that's available and removing people's torsos. Like, Loud is, t- is taking the tournament. Oh, that one quick thing about Loud. In this, uh, the game today, uh, Saturday, August 13th, uh, I have never seen more kills with a breach aftershock than yeah. today. That was ridiculous how many kills Sonic was getting with the breach aftershock. It's too bad Jace wasn't there. He would have uh, nutted multiple times seeing that. Yeah. <laughs> So, right, Cassidy, uh, I want EDG to take it, I think. And Fnatic's name's already on the trophy. Yeah, you said that earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Chase, um, round us out. Yeah, I mean, Paper X, I want to win. And uh, they're winning it. Oh, <laughs> doubling, doubling down. down. There's, there's like no it. way they lose this. I like I it. For those of you guys that didn't pick Fnatic, you're just you're throwing. Fnatic well, is not winning. Oh, sure, they're they're, they're going to win the tournament. Favorite, but no, like... no, they're no, they're not. Paper X's. <laughs> they have something back. They they got third place with a fucking sub last time. Yeah, I mean, like the thing is, like for me, I don't know if you guys have heard of this like idea where it's like favorite versus the field. Like, yeah, yeah. Do you think like it's going to be the favorite, or do you think it's literally going to be anyone else? Just, it's rare that it's tipped so much in, I think, the favorites direction for me. Like, it just seems like they've been playing so good. And I know, like, their competition in groups wasn't showing anything, but they also, it feels like they never need to show anything. It feels like they never have to bring out a new comp or, like, new ideas because they have, like, four of the best, like, aimers in the game Leo never dies, and it's just ridiculous somehow. It's like they feel like they're never even pushed, or they're rarely pushed. Also, that and hard. it looks like Boaster's actually been fucking popping off, too. I really do like Fnatic, but like they won too much. They're, they're yeah, no, I agree. Like I, I think it's a little. I don't want them to win. I really yeah. do not want them to I, win. I, I don't want them to win, but I do like them. Region. I like them. Yeah, <laughs> I, like, I don't um, like them, and I don't want them to win. I don't know. Like, uh, yeah, like. But you do like Boaster. 
right? <laughs> I, I personally, I have a bit of the, uh, um, you know, that desire to go against the, the way everyone else is going. And I feel like it's a little excessive how much people are just swooning over his cuteness. And it annoys me. It pisses me off. Yeah, so, I've like... liked him since the very first Reykjavik. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah i liked him a lot more at the first Reykjavik. It was like oh here's this you know guy who's there for the I first time doing winning, fun though. stuff right well yeah now that he's like oh my god he does goofy stuff he's the best marry me boaster i'm just like shut the fuck up go <laughs> go lose boaster <laughs> i feel um, like that's like conflating boaster's fans with boaster himself <laughs> right right i mean that's you know that's that's not inaccurate i'm not saying i'm logical in my opinion yeah um, you don't have to be logical in yeah feelings yeah um, one other thing I did want to say is that when it comes to Paper X, I would love to see them win. And one of the things that could get them there is that I was really noticing watching how they played, especially Pearl it was against uh, EDG, um, how differently they play with something here versus when CGRS was here. That like they just played a much more vanilla style of Valorant when CGRS was on the team, which makes a lot of sense given that you know they only had so much practice with him. But they had some really... And they have a Gecko 1 trick on the team. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> and they just had some really interesting ideas that they were doing with something. Like, one of the biggest things they would do is that, that I saw was that often on Pearl, they would do a 4-1 on buy rounds. Like, on full buy rounds, they would have one person on B and four people, like, contact up into A main <clears throat> off the start of the round, which you just, like, don't see. And, like, you know, they would be doing it silently. They wouldn't give away any of the positions of their players. But then they would, like, you know, flood retake easily because they were all together anyway. And their B player was often forsaken who would get two anyway, minimum. Um, yeah, so it just seems like their strat book is definitely fully open now that they have something here, which is very exciting to see, even if something hasn't necessarily impressed too much so far. Fuck, who's the team that played Chamber on Bind? That was, was loud. EDG? Loud. That was loud. No, no, because they, they actually didn't. This time on Bind, they pulled out um, the triple, triple smoke comp, which worked surprisingly well. Although yeah, I, okay. I will, yeah. uh, like, well, I was say there was one team who on it was in this tournament. I can't remember which team it was, which matchup it was in, but they were playing on Bind and they had a chamber, and they would routinely just be like, "All right, chamber, you just play one site, and the four of us will play the other site, and if you need to fuck off, and we'll play retake, we'll play retake." Um, and they just like consistently did that yeah yeah i mean that's kind of what chamber can bring you i mean like i feel like playing 4-1 on uh pearl isn't necessarily unheard of it's certainly rare but like having a jet to lock down be long with an op or whatever that can delay a shit ton i think yeah, lots but, of times i think the problem with that is like like, I think it only really, truly works on Bind because there's no mid. mid yeah, so to yeah, yeah. Like, it's well, like, I don't okay, know well, uh, if you guys have seen, like, the new ideas for Pearl where, like, the default lots of times on defense is you basically have, like, two on each site and you basically just have someone holding, like, the waterfall, like, crouch. Yeah, I have noticed uh, that. Thing, like... Because mid is just so hard for defenders to even try to contest that it's not worth it. So Yeah. Yeah, because I think it's a really interesting how teams have gone that way because it I think a lot it took a long time for people to realize something that you know I certainly didn't realize. 
which is that like holding waterfall is one of the strongest holds you have on any map, if not the strongest as the defense. Because, you know, it's the only place on the map where if someone's going to peek you, they have to crouch peek you. So like, you are so incredibly favored in that duel that you can just sit there stationary and just hold it and wait for someone to, to show up. Um, and they also have waterfall? corner disadvantage too. They have, what? They have no, but like, who the fuck does that? Who the I fuck's mean, sitting in spawn? No, teams are doing that. Teams are saying, on offense, you can have all of mid-connector. We are going to hold, like, A-site, B-site. You can take all of mid, and we'll just keep you from going anywhere else that, you know, we'll keep you from going further, and we'll be advantaged in those fights because we're ready for that. that that's what... You're saying there's someone who's literally standing in spawn. No, they not... have, like, a, an yeah. alarm bot or something. Yeah, they have an alarm bot or they're crouched there. You know, they're ready for that to happen. And teams who aren't ready for it will crouch through waterfall hoping to get a timing and then just get deleted. And it doesn't happen, you know, multiple times every game because when someone does that, they're like, oh, fuck, well, this is the situation. And plus because the rotate is, so is like, relatively fast from that position that it makes it easier for, like, holding the sights. Yeah. Particularly That's so weird, though, there. that, like, there's someone who just never leaves spawn. Well, they don't never leave spawn. Like, you know, if... if well, sure, but, like, like, you're in spawn when barriers drop. That's yeah, weird. yeah, yeah, you, you, like, spawn in, you're like, cool, I don't gotta go anywhere. Yeah, it's like, I'm literally <laughs> gonna sit here for 30 seconds, because there's no way you're getting here before 30 seconds. So let me just go tug one out really quick on stage, and then, like, we'll be ready yep. to go. Yeah, there'd definitely be a fine for that, I think. Dopamine buff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's wrap <laughs> it up there. Um, thanks, Blade, for being on again. Good pro no talk, everybody. Fun. We'll yeah. drink with you later. <laughs>